it'll get worse before it gets better, and it'll get worse before it gets better if it gets better. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, temper your expectations, but if you're a copium addict like myself, it's exciting. Hopefully. Please, God. God, please, Nikita, please, God, please, please. God. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast, the show dedicated to talking about all the progress things in life, like music, content creation, and video games. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jesse Kazam. And I'm not Jesse Kazam. Fun fact. Despite what, <laughs> despite what people think. Dog, we were just talking about this, and I said I'm going to have to save it for the cast. I, okay, hot take. Other than the fact that we're both white dudes yeah, with dark with hair and beards, I, I don't think we look alike at all. I don't either, yeah. Like, at all. <laughs> it's but like, people, so many people are like, are you guys brothers? As if, like, we have so many similarities. Like, there's not in the yeah. eyes, not in the nose or the ear. Like, and so what's weird. weird is that, what's weird is that all of the ways we look alike are the least common ways for brothers to look alike. Like it's very, yes. you know what I mean? It's very few and far between that like two brothers have the exact same facial hair or the mm -hmm. same hairstyle or wear the same type of clothes. We don't look alike. But, and I find that so funny because what's, what's hilarious is I have two brothers and we couldn't look more different. My younger brother looks, yeah. we look completely different. My older brother's adopted from Korea. So it's like the three of us just do not look like family at all. And then you and me, we just wear hoodies and hats and have beards and everyone's like, dude. I can't tell them apart. <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah, well. Ugh. Well, what's up, man? How you, you doing? Uh, I've been... Uh, I saw you were in the Diablo beta. Yeah, dude. Diablo, uh, it's like... It's been really fun and really nice breath of fresh air because Diablo 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Diablo 3 was just kind of like a big letdown. Um, it just didn't have the same enjoyment for me and then diablo 4 has been really enjoyable when i can play dude i i it's feel like i could have i saw your tweet earlier but i feel like i could have predicted just the state of gaming right now that there was no way it would work even though in my brain rt or uh, not rts but arpgs don't seem as technically complex but maybe i'm insane but i just like it's just the way uh, it goes now if it's a beta it's gonna be broken like, you can't have a fight and like Really, in terms of bugs, like there really aren't that many issues. Um, every now and then you'll like run into kind of like an invisible wall, but they've mostly fixed like 95% of those. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, but the biggest thing, dude, is like last weekend it was open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. Same thing this weekend right now. And then it was my wife's uh birthday on Thursday, which is when we normally record the podcast, yeah. and today's Saturday. Um, but uh, the first day or two there was a long queue so it was like you know it, it i waited like 45 minutes to download the game you download the game you install it and you get in like an hour long queue get into the game make my character kill like three mobs and then i get disconnected from the game and then you can't reconnect you have to yeah. exit the game and then come back and it's like 90 minute queue yeah you wait 90 minutes and it usually ends up being like 70 minutes rather than 90 yeah but still. but still and then i it was really bad and then yesterday was another really annoying thing because i had a week which we'll get to of of like tarkov insanity that i just 
didn't want to fuck around with anymore. Um, so I was just like, I cannot wait until Diablo. Like, I've been yeah. actually, like, for the first time in a long time, been excited. And I'm like, even with the Q stuff, I don't even care. Like, the gameplay was enjoyable. Yeah. And But I said, even with the Q stuff, it was... It was like 35-minute queue, 5 minutes of gameplay. 45-minute queue, 7 minutes of gameplay. 45-minute queue, 40 oh. minutes of gameplay. And it was, man, it's like all they'd need to do. I mean, this is like Blizzard we're talking about. All they need to do is just give you like a token or a cookie yeah, for your session. I've never so understood. So when you make it in, when you if you wait the queue, just flag. So you know it's a beta. And you know that people are getting disconnected and that people's games are crashing. Yep. So just... Like that should be the first thing you do is make it so that once you wait through the queue, you get whitelisted. Yep. Even if it's like for three hours or something, right? Yep. Three, four hours. Um, but yeah, no. It's they... crazy because it, it reminded me a lot of the New World launch where the same thing was happening. You'd wait like on launch weekend, you'd wait in the queue. You know, it'd be like twenty thousand people in the queue, and you'd get down to a hundred, and it would just kick you, and it, you would just end up right back in the queue. And it's like how. How in like 2023 do we not have a way to just acknowledge that, yeah, you've either made it to this point in the queue or you've made it through the queue. You should be whitelisted to get back into the game because the queue is there to for when people are leaving the game, not when the game just like you skip the line because somebody got a bug. You know what I mean? So I've always found that strange. But yeah, it seems kind of crazy. You know, the funny thing is, is that like with all of that, I literally think I still had like more gameplay to not gameplay ratio than playing Tarkov. Yeah, I'm sure. But the benefit <laughs> is, is that like I can fucking play chess or like guitar because I you're just waiting. Yeah. You're not clicking. And oh I would yeah. Rather yeah. Just wait. You know, imagine if it was like rather than take seven minutes to click through all the things and sell all the things and buy all the things, you could press one button. Yeah. It would do all of that automatically, but it would take eight minutes. I'd be like, give me the fucking eight minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I can just like play clash of clans on my phone or some shit you yep. know what i mean yep. like um so but but overall it's been it's been really fun it's a lot more like diablo 2 okay than diablo 3 which is good and um i'm just looking forward to like we've only got a couple more days and I, and then i think it's nothing until like launch like two months from now it's like may i think um when they finally release and i, I just i'm actually like excited to fucking that's grind. cool I've I've heard nothing but good things. Um, uh, like everybody, I once again just for the same reason I missed all of the classic PC games. I came to PC for Tarkov, so like I never played a Diablo game. I saw I've seen like you know, and I and I understand the cultural impact of Diablo. Like it's just one of the most um, talked about games, especially in that genre. But everybody that I've talked to, even everyone in chat, where I'm just like, hey, anybody get in? And they're saying that they love it. So. That's exciting. It's one of those games that, like, like a lot of people talk about Path of Exile, which is very similar yeah. in many ways. It's another ARPG, to, but I never, I never played it. But I can totally understand. Like, I remember, I know exactly what you feel like because I look at that game, and even though I recognize people are like it's the best ARPG ever, yeah, it's yeah, amazing, yeah. it's so great. Because I don't recognize anything. Yeah, it, it's, it's just hard. Completely to... meaningless, and I have no interest in it. Yeah. And I'm sure you know, if I hopped in and played even the beta right now at Diablo, I'd probably get hooked because that's what the game is, is a loot. You know, and it, it, it yeah. gets its claws in you quick and early. So uh, 
So yeah, so that's cool. I wish I could play. I wish I had more time. You know what I mean? Like it seems like a super fun game to just like exactly what I popped in your stream before the cast and you were just like vibing. You know what I mean? Listening to music, talking to chat, slaying some demons. I was like, dude, this like I could get behind this, you know? Yeah, and it, it, part of part of why it was, I think, easier to get into just because it's early. Yeah, it, it, I hate getting into stuff where there's a million people have been around for a million yes. years. There's a million build guides. Everything's already like established. Yes. Same. The way I feel is like I could just go and like save myself so much time and effort yeah. by just doing a build guide or yeah. whatever. But then you don't enjoy it as much. It's like so I it's understand like, when people say it's not too late to start and I do believe them. But it's, I feel like it's a me thing. It's like I just can't. There's some sort of mental block. I know it's already been figured out. I'm going to be behind on everything. I'm going to get backseated into oblivion. And I just kind of don't want to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, I get it. I could hop in now and enjoy it, but... Yeah. You know, I just it was, missed it. Was, it. Yeah. And only having, like, three characters rather than, like, you know, seven or yeah. whatever. Uh, and only having 25 levels. that You can you make the level 25, and then, like, you can't progress any further in the beta. Yeah. So it's just, like, nice to... It's, it's, a, it's a lot less to learn. Yep. And to have to absorb. That's cool. Um, so yeah. Anyway, that's that's Diablo. It's exciting, but seventy dollars for a game that you can only play like half the time is is pretty rough. That's yeah, yeah. Half the time on eight days. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. That's brutal. But well, it has definitely been a week in Escape from Tarkov. Weirdly, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. But before. We hop into the Tarkov snuff. We do want to thank one of the sponsors of tonight's episode, um, which I'm so excited about. I've been wanting this in any way, shape, or form at all. <laughs> thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. One of the most frequent questions that I get is, how do you keep up your beard? How do you trim your beard? I mean, look at us. We were talking about how we look exactly the same well, at the beginning of the podcast. So thank you so much to Manscaped and the reason why I'm excited that Manscaped is sponsoring is because they are obviously well known for their below the belt grooming uh, devices, but they have beard products now, which is super sick. And we you can use code podcast on the website for 20% off. So um, the Beard Hedger Pro, uh, it, it has a kit that comes with it. It's awesome. It is a waterproof cordless trimmer. One of the things that I love the most about it when uh, we unboxed it, which by the way, all the boxing and all the presentation of everything is they just like lean into their brand, which obviously if you've seen any of the Manscaped stuff is hilarious and they just hit the nail on the head. Look at that presentation. <laughs> Your balls will thank you. It's so good. It's so good. But the Beard Hedger Pro, uh, waterproof, cordless trimmer. What I love about it is it's got a rotary wheel that gives you 20 haircut settings without all of the trimmer lengths. Like in my drawer, pre-Manscaped Beard Hedger, is was the, you just pick the guards. It's like the eight different guards if I want to do different lengths or if I wanted to do anything. And that's yeah, so yeah. annoying. And so that's super sick. Um, <clears throat> it's, um, it's tough on hair, smooth on the face, uh, single stroke efficiency. It's really, really cool. It comes with, they have a lot of other stuff as well. Um, the kit comes with dermatologist tested formulations for your post trim care, Manscaped's beard shampoo and conditioner. There's beard oil, beard balm. Um, and there's also the, uh, the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0, which is like a nose hair or ear hair trimmer as well, which is really nice to have something dedicated for that. Um, it's awesome. The kit is awesome. 
everything is great. I don't know. Have you, have you what have you used? Dude, I've been using the 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 shampoo, the body Dude, wash, and the deodorant. It smells it's, amazing. It smells so good. Yeah. Yep. And like now that I'm getting older, I actually have an an appreciation for that because it used to it was like yep. you know pert pert plus and you know whatever yeah whatever was in the shower my whole life I just never cared but now it's like especially with like beard oil and everything smelling good all day long. Yep. It's, yep. It, I'm just sitting with myself all day long. I like to. <laughs> yeah, I know. like to smell good. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, and then the other one was the 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 nose hair trimmer, dude. Yeah, that, that's it's satisfying. Yep, it's sad. And the, the one I had before, dude, it sucked. It was like one of the four star Amazon ones before, and it was bad, man. It was like yep. every now and then it'd be like, oh god damn, you know. And, yep. and this one was just smooth. Yeah, same same here. Literally, all of my products were like unbelievably old, gross, just decrepit stuff that I got when I first started kind of growing a beard, and I never really like invested in products for my beard for the nose hair for the oils and everything uh and it's it's all awesome so huge thank you to manscaped for um for sponsoring this video you can have your face looking great with the manscaped performance package 4.0 for the full body grooming experience uh and it comes with the weed whacker 2.0 and all of the other below the waist grooming products manscaped is known for so you can get 20% off and free shipping with our code podcast at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And you can use our code podcast. Always use the right tools for the job. Your partner will thank you. Boom. Boom. So thank you so much, Manscaped. Dude, I was like legitimately excited about that. <laughs> Dude, remember before the cast, I said I had a prediction to make? Yes. I haven't had a single internet down for like a week and a half. <laughs> and the prediction was that one would happen on the podcast. Yeah. I don't know if I'm getting DDoSed. Oh, if there's my something about, God. If, if there's something about uh, the Discord call, like what are the chances? I literally predicted yeah. this six minutes ago. I said right before I said, all right, I have a prediction, but I'm not going to say what it is. But I'll point it out when it happens. And we just had like the, the stream go down. Damn. What are the chances, dude? But please, please, God, tell me the audio's back. <laughs> because remember that last Oh, one? no. Oh, I my could, God. I could. I don't know if I can handle 30 more minutes of that. It is? Okay. Thank Christ. Dude, I don't know, man. That is like, weird. That is weird. So that, it's an internet thing? It's not an OBS thing? No, I don't think it's an internet thing. I, I, don't, oh, know. I don't know. Why, oh. I, don't, why, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Why, like, why does it happen? That's crazy. That's crazy. I um, feel like that would like it would be a perfect perfect time for someone who wanted to like grief me to like <laughs> just like wait. Yeah, wait till the know, podcast man. starts. Shit's weird. It is weird, but I'm glad we're back and I'm glad the audio's working. Um speaking of griefing, how about Tarkov? Speaking huh? of griefing, Tarkov, I don't know how much you've played um I've been playing. I went really, really hard this week. I've streamed like Dude, I saw what you were doing, and I need you to. <sighs> I I have not watched any of okay. it. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I guess so. We can we can hop in there first. But like, so I've been trying to this wipe. I just felt, I felt it coming quicker for me. The like frustration. The not really burnout because I never, I'm never sad to like hop on Tarkov and stream. It's just like the. I don't know. Maybe it is burnout. I don't know. I just like I got Kappa and I felt it. I felt it. 
I felt it coming. So I was like, I want to, and especially since like a lot of my content has been really anchored on educational content. Like that's how I built everything, but there's just like nothing else. You know, a new wipe happens and I'm, I'm every time, every wipe, I'm like, dude, I'm going to have so much content to make. And it's like, here's a video about the new guns. Here's a video about these three changes. Here's a map guide. And then like, you know, two weeks into the wipe, I'm out of educational content already. So I've been trying to like find something to do. So I was like, all right, let's do some like, let's do some challenges. Let's do some stuff where we just try and like engage with the stream. So me and Velian did a day where we tried to like rob people with the RSHs. And then last week we did uh, raids where we picked a bunch of guns and we picked the worst ammo for every gun and tried to just slay out in PVP. And and then we just were you like, like a, were you like purposefully like shooting legs or like what? Uh, I mean, it depends. Like when I say worst, I mean worse. So we would actually a lot of times pick middle of the road. So it wasn't good enough for leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like 18 pen, 37 damage. And you're like, yeah. this is useless. You know what I mean? We use PRS yeah. for five, four, five, eight Ks. And that was super fun because like there were a lot of instances where we would get kills and I would we I would watch it back and I'd be like, this is exactly what I mean, chat positioning positioning and map knowledge and maneuvering can win you a fight no matter what you have right like i kill this guy if i have a tt he's literally looking the other way i just won that yeah. and then there were times where i was like ego swinging you know a left hand like i had an hk with 995 and i just died because i hit 14 hit count no deaths <laughs> because yeah. i've got terrible ammo so but then we uh dude then we did we ramped it up to 11 and we did a tarkov iron man account where it was a duo Iron Man, and the whole thing was how high of level can we get without dying? And when we die, we have to reset the account. And I wanted to do that for a few different reasons. We made it we made it level, not survives, because I can go 100 raids in a row hiding in a bush until there's three minutes left and then just running out. You know what I mean? Yeah, but progression is risky. Exactly. Having to, we did delivery from the past on an Iron Man account. Like... I've never died doing delivery from the past. Like so. that tension. We did, you know what I mean? Like we were questing on on an yeah, Iron Man yeah. account. Um, we wanted to do level. And um, and then the I wanted to make sure we reset the accounts as the loss condition for two reasons. One, it will make for a better title and thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and two, because uh, you can only reset your account every two weeks. So like... did you Do you have like two accounts... Like on standby. No, we only had like... one account on standby, oh and the God. and and I wanted there to be that tension because if if we could if we had unlimited resets, you could ideally the first three raids just charge PVP and not care, kill a Giga Chat, and then be like, this is the run, guys. And yeah, I wanted yeah, it yeah. to feel like the run from the start. So it was like yep. we reset the account. You have to wait two weeks and let's see what happens. And we made it. We made it almost two full days. We did an entire stream on that account and didn't die. And dude, how differently did you play? So differently. So because that was the 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 original the the way I arrived at the Iron Man challenge was I wanted I was trying to come up with content that completely subverted how we play Tarkov right now. It came yeah. out of this. It came out of this idea. I had like written this down on a on a post-it note. Just this YouTube title, which isn't going to be the title of this video, but the way Tarkov was supposed to be played. That idea of like survival means everything. And so I just ended up on like, okay, well, what's the most unforgiving? Survival is required to even participate in this challenge. And that's how we ended up there. 
And so we played, so once again, like I'm sure we could have with enough attempts played very normally. And you know, I've, I've gotten 18 raid survive streaks before I, you know, I know you've probably gotten 30 or 40 on factory before back in the day, but we wanted to play different. We wanted to, so we ended up getting, we only got 12 raids in, but we got to level 10, which was our goal. Um, and ev almost every single raid we were, um, we were in the raid until there were like five minutes left. Like it wasn't like get in, get out, get the survive. Like it, we, we played the same amount of game time as probably like 30 raids because we were in every single one to the end. That would probably be, I could imagine that would help your survival, right? Because yeah. like running to the extract in the middle of a raid, you're asking for trouble. Exactly. Towards the end is like maybe player scab, yep. but even then they have different exfil. Exactly. So yeah, that's probably the safest So thing. it was harder to quest because like we would be like, okay, well, let's, we spawned here. Let's swing crack house late and hope to find a Salua. Most of the time it was looted, but it was safer that way. And dude, just let me tell you, it was just, it was such a wild success because it brought the tension back, bro. I, we ended that five hour stream and I felt like I had just done a 24 hour. I, I was like, I, I was like, babe, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. I had so much tension in my shoulders. It was like, uh, part of that is obviously as the content creator, I want it to be good content. I want it to be entertaining for chat. I want it to be an entertaining video when it ends up being a video. But also it's just like every shot every grenade that blows up, bro. Like we were just like, oh my God. And the other thing that I was, the, the other reason I was super excited about it is because everything we wanted to happen, happened. We PVP'd in almost every single one of the 12 raids. Uh, we killed scavs. We we got quests done. We got to level 10. Um, and, and it was like, and the PVP was so stressful. Okay, so I'll tell one story from it. The second raid on, bro, second raid on, we spawn, uh, we're doing customs and we spawn like in the water warehouse or by old gas, which is a rough mm -hmm. spawn because you have people behind you and you have people in front of you. So we were like, let's just like wait around in the water warehouse wa warehouse, and two separate squads descend on us. And immediately we both start, start taking shots. Valiant loses a stomach. I lose an arm. I've got a heavy bleed. A grenade blows up and Val almost all of Valiant's body go. And we don't even have a CMS kit at this point because we're using standard account stuff. And it was just Valiant kills one. Some dude, a third party starts rolling up. I turn around. I flick to him. Junky AK with like BP ammo. I head tap this guy. I go, I have to loot him. He's got to have a better gun than us. Juice Lord M4 with the Thor and the and the, the muzzle break, the jailbreak. Like 19 oh, recoil M4. Dude, I yoink that thing. We kill. We're on our way out. We're both like... I've got this juiced M4 and a gazelle, but no meds. We don't have a CMS. We both have blacked out limbs. Valian's running out of food and water. So we're like, we just have to get out of here. So we make like a huge flank around back towards boiler spawn up. And we were going to go around the hill, the sniper hill to the dorms. And we're running and we're talking and we're strategizing what extract we're going to use. And then boom, 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 boom. I get hit like four or five times. And this dude was stash running with a dude. I, we, I get hit, complete silence. Me and Valiant say nothing. We split. We both team fire him. I head tap this dude. Slick, Bastion slap, another busted jailbroke suppressed M4. I said, Valiant, take that M4 in this gazelle. I got the Slick and the Bastion slap. I head tapped him, so it was all 100% durability. And we ran that gear for the rest of the challenge. 
It was so. It was so. Have you, did you clutch. die? Eventually? Yeah, we did. We did die. Yeah, we On the did same it. raid. No, that was the second raid of the twelve. No, no, I mean, like, but did you guys die on the same raid? Oh, yes, we did. We did die on the same raid. We had set up rules where, like, we wanted it to be a... It, it would have to be a team wipe to wipe it. And the thing was, we were originally going to make it where if one of us dies, in order for the other one... In order for the guy who died to get, like, resurrected, a revive, the other guy had to extract with his dog tag. Like, so, so you yeah. had so to stay in like the fight. Dragging him out. Exactly, kind of exactly. Away. You couldn't just, like, run away. But it, we didn't even have to instigate that because we ran up on a four-man in dorms, and I killed one, and they just like the audio. It actually sucks because the challenge ended because the audio, we didn't get any audio for some guys, and it super... Dude, that's why I would never do the challenge because yeah. my computer would crash on the second raid. Yeah, we were worried we'd die of a cheater or something like that, and it would ruin it, but... um. Oh yeah, you guys definitely had to like make sure you were hiding your map. We were we were swapping servers like every three raids. We were we were swapping servers and stuff like that. We were trying yeah. to make it, um, but like, bro, it was so intense. It was so different. It was like so new. And because we were playing with survival, because we had a reason to play with survivability in mind. Because that's the thing. Like when you peel back the layers of the onion, it's like we don't play with survivability in mind really in our normal raids because there's really no reason to. And so we die a lot, and then because I'm dying a lot, I'm getting frustrated at the bugs a lot. But because we had a reason to play so slow and so intentionally, we made it two days, two full days without dying. And so there was so much less time where I was complaining about all of the reasons that I die. So it was like yeah. kind of this pseudo fun thing. I don't know. It was nuts, though, bro. It was insane. Dude, hell yeah. I'll have to... Uh, I'm sure you... Did you already have video uploaded, or are you working no, on it? No, it's going to be like... A, I'm gonna um I'm mean, like a ten part fucking series. It's gonna of. be of like it's gonna be the most that will most likely turn into like my magnum opus for like entertainment content, yeah. not educational content. Like that's gonna be so it'll probably be a week or two before the video's out, but uh, I'm super excited about it. It was fun. It was PvP. We were getting, like, there were multiple times we got shot at and got super hurt and had to leave fights. There were multiple times uh, another squad got the jump on us and we killed that whole squad it was like all of the elements that would make it stressful i didn't want it to just be like 14 raids of us killing scavs you know what i mean yeah, we yeah, pvp'd yeah. we pve'd we quested we got to level 10 without dying it was everything i want we died at the same time so we didn't have to instigate any of the weird rules it was like it was perfect dude it was super fun dude hell yeah yeah you uh you you started this whole thing by talking about like you know, burnout, you know, like yeah, late, like the reason I, say late I white started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had like, uh, not an epiphany, but like a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, I think with all the shit that's been going down, plus a few folks on, uh, on Twitter, I don't even remember exactly, um, exactly what or who or when, but, um, about more context about burnout in Tarkov and why it happens. Oh yeah, because um, I think uh, Dill Hero tweeted something, and you, you and Anne were talking in that tweet thread about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I should be able to find find it. Um, yeah, so he said, "Seems like every wipe I reach level sixty four is about where I'm burned out. I don't enjoy Tarkov anymore." Um, so then I responded with, "If PvP felt fair." 
and PvE wasn't completely broken and unfun, yeah. even when you're winning, the, replay the replayability would be tenfold. The grind is what's fun, not the game. Yep. I wish more people understood this. Um, and then, um, you know, and, and Munition, uh, she basically was like, wanted to understand, asked me to clarify. So what I said was, for many people who are competitive or completionist, the grind through quests to get Kappa, or and sometimes, or sometimes it's Kappa, sometimes people want max traders. Max traders. Sometimes people want flea some market, milestone. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Some milestone. Um, the grind through that to whatever your end goal is, is more enjoyable than the actual quests or gameplay yeah. themselves, which is like, it, it, it might not be yeah. clear. The grind what I is mean. fun in spite of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, you know, when you play one of those games where you're just doing busy work, like I've never played Cookie Clicker, but like any of the things that yeah, aren't inherently yeah. fun, but like imagine... Would you would you play Tarkov if yeah. there was no quests, if there was no unlocks, if there was no, and it's like, maybe you would for that's a little a bit, good, but it would get old. Like That's a good way to put it because, um, because like they're both important and it's, and you're not saying that one is all is important and the other isn't, but it's like, it's, it it's best when they're each of these things isolated are good and then they come together to create something great and that's a great way to put it it's like would you play tarkov without the like if you started on a fresh account and we all had max traders and everything was unlocked to us it's like oh that's like no like that wouldn't be fun for very long you know what i mean and it's like it's like playing a single player game yeah and and you're forced to and it would be fun but you're forced to like reconcile with like, would that be fun with all of the things that like happen in the that go on in the game, like with the scavs and with the audio and with the netcode and stuff like that. And so I think that's kind of what you were saying, where it's like, if we can make the gameplay fun, fun enough to stand on its own, and if we can make the quests more engaging, engaging enough to create a meaningful goal, then those things come those two good things coming together can make a great thing. But right now, <coughs> Yeah, the 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 grind is fun in spite of the game. Yeah, yeah, and you, I mean, you could you can even have dog shit quests, and ma like make it so that the yeah progression, so to speak, wasn't even necessarily like the focus. If the gameplay loop itself, yeah, 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 yeah. was enjoyable, um, you know, because people, how many times have we talked about the changes that they make in order to prevent farming? And it's like you look at a game like Diablo. That's the game. It's farming it's the farming. game. Yeah. It's far it's literally you're trying to get your Fantasy level to go Fantasy farm up. simulator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're 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 making your level go up and see the thing with Tarkov is every raid you have the potential to take out, you know, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um and it's much more I feel like it's much more common that you'll get like good shit in Tarkov if you win versus like Yeah. Back in Diablo 2, I would play for a week doing hundreds of bail runs for the the point something percent chance yeah, of an item yeah. dropping just that the chance of it was enough and it was satisfying teleporting around killing all of the mobs like it was satisfying to yeah. go through that loop so even if you don't find anything it's still fun whereas tarkov is the opposite yeah it's like it's 
the quests are are bad. I mean, even Diablo, the quests for the most part are bad. Yeah, it's go kill this thing, go yeah, pick yeah. up these things. It's the same as Tarkov, right? But nobody plays Diablo for the quests. They play Diablo for yeah. like it's the a- farming and the killing minions and. And the the Imagine. dopamine drip of 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 getting loot constantly, you know what I mean? And so that's a great way to put it. It's like you, a game could be fun with a great core gameplay loop and terrible quests, and a game could be fun with really thoughtfully well designed quests, but a kind of a lacking gameplay loop. And a game could be perfect <laughs> if they were both good. And yeah. and and I think it's hard because like. Don't hear me say this viewer in like an omega pessimistic way. I believe that Tarkov hasn't lost an ounce of its potential. There are a lot of people that are just like it like it's just not what it used to be. It's never going to be blah 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 blah. Like I don't think they've like fallen off a cliff. I think some things are worse now than they were before, but like I don't think it's lost an ounce of its potential. But I think what's happening and if you're new to the game, I understand. And this isn't, I'm not talking about you. And I hope you're having the time of your life playing Tarkov. I genuinely do, for real. But I think for the people that have been around for a really long time, it's the, what drew you to the game in spite of the core gameplay loops issues and in spite of the quest design was the novelty of nothing like this exists before in the sense of customizability around weapons and in the sense of, the the risk reward factor of going into a raid like pre Tarkov there was no like I'm bringing stuff for my offline stash this is my best stuff if I lose it I lose it no game had done the 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 dopamine hit of I killed you and I am now taking your best stuff I'm not just getting a loot drop from a boss I'm taking your stuff like go back to 2017 and remember what it felt like to play Tarkov and and the novelty of that and so I think what's happening now, a great way to explain at least part of the frustration in the Tarkov community is that now we have a, a large portion of the player base that's been playing for at least, I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of people that started playing around 2019. So four years and a lot of people that have been playing longer. And we have four or five other games that are have their own flavor of this. So the novelty of it is wearing off and the players are more so relying on the gameplay loop to A, be fun, and B, actually work, and it's not happening. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, like, Diablo is the opposite of Tarkov. Basically, the game starts when you've, like, done everything already. And yeah, now yeah. it's like, now I just focus on my character and farming the particular dungeons that I want to get whatever loot. Like, the game starts when you've beat the game. With Tarkov, it almost always for everybody when they get Kappa, that's when they lose ends. interest. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Because it's because, like I said, the 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 core gameplay loop. Because it's like, why play? Yeah, I'm just gonna fill up my stash with whatever. I'm not gonna. It, it, whereas Diablo, you can find the thing that's a super rare thing that has some value that yeah. you know can increase your stats or whatever. Like there actually is progression. Yeah. Um kind of infinitely whereas Tarkov is like you're just going to get your 77th slick armor. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's why with- we on the podcast talk so often about emergent gameplay because the fork in the road there is there's two ways to make a game replayable, right? It's permanent adjustments to your character. So if if something is a permanent like I get this better gear and I keep this gear forever, 
you can scale the grind for that gear so much higher, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, like I can't like if I wanted a mutant and I had to complete a forty-six law, you know, quest chain for proper to get one, and then if I died with it, I lost it. That wouldn't be fun. So, but if it's a permanent stat buff to your character, a la Destiny, World of Warcraft, Diablo, you can increase the grind. That's one fork in the road. But if you're not going to go that way, if you're going to go the route of being able to like lose stuff, you got the the other fork. The only other fork I see is this emergent gameplay where you give the players enough tools to craft very unique experiences within the same world over and over and over again. And the best yeah, examples the of that, loop. exactly. The best examples of that are Daisy and Rust, games that consistently um, have really strong player bases. Even Daisy broke its all-time player record, I think, last year. Really healthy content creator scenes were like, uh, freaking movies that are better than some of the movies that I see in theaters are being made around this stuff because your experience can be different and you want to play over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Ask somebody in Rust if they don't like wipes. Wipes are the most exciting time. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. such a point of contention in Tarkov. Wipes are the most exciting time in Rust because it's a new story, new nemesis, new this. And so that's a great point you you get to whatever your stated goal is whether it was flea market max traders kappa tracksuit and then there's no emergent gameplay and there's nothing to grind for and so that's how you end up with red being 45 million rubles when all you can get is toilet paper and seven ps rounds out of it because it's it's a it's just a thing to grind for i either have to find the rarest item in the game or i have to farm 50 million rubles to buy it you know what i mean it's just like it's because it's the only the labs cards are the only permanent thing, right? Like there are no uses. You get it. You put it in your butt and it's there forever. You know what I mean? Those are the only permanent stat buffs other than soft crazy, skills. So you know what I mean? Crazy idea. Imagine if. Imagine a world in where the bosses were actually like fun. Yeah. And not broken. That'd be crazy. Um, the bosses, the raiders, the rogues. And the loot there was on average great with some let's say low percent chance yeah of of having like amazing drops and then imagine a world where you can't buy key cards or rare yeah. keys on the flea market imagine you can't buy a marked key on the flea market but there's like a one in 15 chance of tagilla having a marked key and tagilla yeah. spawns on factory 80% of the time and he's not broken well then you can just be like I'm farming yeah. I'm farming Tagilla for the red card or the marked or, key drop yeah, yeah. and you kill him a million times to try to get that drop and then from there well now you have a key that you can go and do red card red key yeah. card run like like that to me adds I don't know what it would do to the economy I'm not saying this yeah. is like good this is just off the top it's of my head but it feels balling, like yeah. that could be like a fun loop where you're actually you are farming yeah the hideout I feel like is an underutilized thing there too where like the hideout is a place where you can place permanent things that don't yeah. affect the in game too much because what we don't want to do is break what Tarkov brings to the table successfully which is like the risk of losing your gear so you don't want to make it so like you can have certain types of gear that don't get lost. So like, just while you were saying that, I was like, okay, well the hideout's a place. And that's why we've talked a lot before about like cosmetics is the perfect band-aid. It's not what keeps you playing for 30,000 more hours, 
But if there were like more cosmetics, more armbands, gloves, if there was like gun camos that were sick, if there was like more tasks like the stylish one, but that were actually good, like that would give people. And I was like, what if there's like some hideout stuff where you could like some of the, you know, I, I don't know. There, there could be things that you find in raid that give permanent buffs to your hideout, whether it's like crafting speed increased or like the ability to craft a second item or even just trophies or unlocking a certain thing in your hideout that's more of a cosmetic thing than the other. It's just like, once again, spitballing, I don't know how to do that right, but it feels like the hideout is a place where you could make more permanent changes without affecting the rest of the game as much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All of this just made me like, going back and playing a game like Diablo reminded yeah. me how like farming can be an entire game in and of itself. And then I realized like farming is, for whatever reason, it's like, and I think it's largely because Nikita doesn't like it. Yeah. Or doesn't want it. It's like the fucking Antichrist. Yeah. When it's like, it could actually make the game yeah. enjoyable. Right? Like, why, why do people have all these guides about like rogue farming? Because farming is fun. Exactly. So the, only, the, yeah. the only way to, to, to make the game fun for so many people is to exploit in such a way that is like the only way of doing the thing that people want that for yeah. some reason they're actively working against. We don't want you to farm. It's yeah. like, then why do you want me to play the game? It feels like, exactly. like what I said before, it makes Tarkov feel like the single player game, which is you beat the main quest line. And then like in a lot of games, it's like, why am I going to play? Yeah. You know, like you, yeah. so many games, once you beat the single player game, you're like onto the next one. Yeah. He hates farming because we're farming money and or gear, which undermines the core gameplay loop in his mind, which is you should always be struggling. You shouldn't be a billionaire. You should always be struggling. So it once again, it seems like such low hanging fruit to allow us to farm cosmetics. If there was a a weapon camo that was very realistic, very, you know, FDE or like olive green or something, you know, some, some really realistic camo that like there were three versions of it. You get one version when you kill 10,000 scavs, you get another version when you kill 50,000 scavs on your account and you get another version when you kill a hundred thousand scavs. So it's like more casual players can do it. And, and like, there's like a version of it for every style of player. Well, now the f you've you've turned the farm from farming these three spots for Ledexes and then escaping these three spots for Ledexes and escaping. You're you're putting the character's farm into combat, which is what you want the game to be. You're moving around to scav spawns. You might be running into PvP at that point. You're engaging with the game and not just farming a bajillion rubles. You can turn the farm into something, and I think that's the thing. Is I think he he and the team resist farming because of how, because it does currently undermine some of the things, but it they resist it instead of harnessing it. And I think harnessing it is a win-win. You know what I mean? Because it just keeps people engaged for something, for some sort of goal that doesn't make people bajillionaires. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but see, the thing is, is that like, he doesn't want farming, so he makes a bunch of changes that makes it impossible, except for the people that exploit. Exactly. And they still farm, right? They, they still farm. It's just... The thing is, is it's just less fun to farm, so then they quit. And yeah, and less like, people can do it. Yeah. But if if you could get in and out of raids really quickly, kill all the rogues, grab their shit, look at the 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 super rare key card spawns or whatever, and then get out. 
and and just do that loop over and over again because yeah. there's satisfaction for sure. Killing, taking apart the guns, you know, all the attachments, the expensive things, grabbing the yeah. suppressor, like all of those things are interesting. Um, but because of the fact that you can make a billion rubles farming farming bolts, yeah. Well, then you can buy everything, yeah, and then exactly. there's nothing to grind for. Exactly. Right. But so if you make it so that. Uh, if, man, this just makes me want to like increase the spawn rate of some of the rare keys because then you do marked room runs. That's yeah. what I'm gonna do for the next month because I killed. There's there's a character in Diablo 2, the Countess, and you go and kill the Countess, and there's a bunch of other characters that drop these keys, and it's like it just reminded me of like yeah. imagine if Tagilla, you know, like had a really high chance of having a marked key mm -hmm. or a labs key card or whatever, and now it's like. You go do Tagilla, and then that'll dictate what you do next. You do a labs run, yeah. you know, and then one in a hundred of those things, he has a red key card, and that's the only way to get the red key card because you can't drop it and you can't buy and sell it. Yeah. Like, that actually, to me, adds replayability, assuming it's fun to fight Tagilla. I like that. That'd be, a, that'd be a fun thing, yeah, where it's like you make, once again, not every key, but you if there were, like, 20 rooms across Tarkov that were all, like, goaded loot rooms... And all of their keys were single-use keys. And all of their keys were in different, you know, just like in Diablo, like a certain percent chance to drop from the bosses. And we increase the boss spawn chance. Well, then you've got this world where, like, sometimes the little Timmy or sometimes the newer player is going to kill Tagilla or this boss because they spawn closest to it or whatever. And if the bosses are actually engaging in a way that's not impossible, they might clutch up a victory and get that key. But there's something to farm then. So, yeah, exactly. You you do, you know, maybe you spend a few hours running bosses. And then you're like, okay, well, what do I have? I have three of this key, four of this key, and six of this key. I like this map. I'll go run these six keys. And it's like, and then you, it's like, then when you're out, you want to go farm more bosses. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Dude, Tagilla, 100% spawn rate in the last five minutes of the factory raid. Well, now when yeah. you scav in, there's actually PMCs. It's not 17 scavs. Exactly. And maybe one PMC already in D3 fucking exit. Um, and that's a good that's a good call. Like a lot of like this idea actually meshes well with some of the other ideas we've had where it's like you can increase the boss spawn chance but then have it an even higher at like at some point in the raid. So it still keeps yeah. people in raids longer. You know what I mean? If if there were these rooms that had really good loot, that meshes well with the like loot depoting of idea we've had a million times. So it's like all these things, it's not like it's not like you have to go one direction or the other. There are there are ways like that we've talked about. Well, I'm not saying they're easy to implement, but there are ways where you can make it like if you want to PvE, it's fun. If you want to PvP, it's fun. If you want to farm, it's fun. And there are ways to do those things without it just being a ruble game. You know what I mean? Like, which is what yeah. he hates anyway. You know what I mean? Like, cosmetics or certain keys that you can only get in-game. Stuff in those rooms is stuff like... Like, the stuff in those rooms should be the stuff you can't get off the flea market. Like, they banned a bunch of guns off the flea market and armors. Like, if you could find... Like if there was a small spawn chance for a slick or an SR twenty five and an a RSAS, a Zabralo, those MK things. It doesn't have to be in crate. Like if if the point of this is to farm the keys, you they don't have to be incredibly high spawn chances. But just the theory of right now everything's a ruble game because you can buy with ruble just about everything you need. Somebody put this in chat earlier. I think I missed it. 
Uh, oh, yes, yeah, right there. Traders have too many items, like which is true. They we talked about that when they started banning all the guns from the fleet. Then when they when they they when they did the half step into the civilian fleet, where they banned a lot of the ammos and a lot of the guns from the fleet. It's I said the exact same thing. I said I'm glad we're moving in that direction, but this doesn't do anything because I can buy all of these things from the trader. So what you effectively yeah. did was just made them more expensive because it, I used to be able to buy a voodoo for this much. And but on the fleet, it was this much or I used to be able to buy an SR-25 for this much from Peacekeeper, but on the fleet, it was this much by removing it from the fleet. You didn't remove access. You just made it effectively more expensive. But if the game was just a ruble game in the past, it's just more of a ruble game now because I just need more to get the things. So take some of those things off the traders. Not everything. Once again, like once again, I think these ideas most most of the time affect the chads more than the casuals. Take yeah. some of these things off the traders, put them in these rooms, and now you have a gameplay loop that is completely independent from Ruble. You know what I mean? Like where you can, the, the boss AI is in a state where you can actually kill it with a mid-tier kit. If you're smart, you have to, you know, you have to learn, you have to be smart, but you can do that. And then you might get an item that allows you to then go unlock a room that has a small spawn chance for a thing you can't buy with money. And that whole gameplay loop can be enjoyed as a casual player and you know, casually, or it could be farmed as an endgame player. So mm -hmm. it's a win for the casuals as far as them actually getting access to more loot in a variety of different ways and them not feeling like they just need to grind a billion rubles. And it's a win for the chads because they have something to do. And it's a win for Nikita because that thing to do is kind of, maybe not completely, but kind of independent from just how much rubles you have. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. Think about what we have right now. Like, some of the best games are things are rare, but there's a ton of replayability to try to farm yeah. the rare things, and it's fun and or satisfying to do that thing over and over and over again, and then you get excited when you find the thing, right? And then, but yeah. Tarkov is, the thing you're doing is not fun half the time, just to get a rare key just to go in there and have there never be anything be in anything. there anything and then yeah. even if there is something in there most of the time you're going to die on the way out so you can't sell it even if you wanted to sell it like yeah. you're not excited i like, truly oh. truly would love to ask nikita why like they very obviously hate the ruble game like you know what i mean like they don't like the you know just like everybody he's answered this is in multiple reddit threads he's answered this on podcasts like they don't like the, he was really open about it when Pestley did a few of his things where he like did the market manipulation with the, when the like trader and flea prices were linked. And then uh, Pestley was the first, one of the first to get the flea and he sold all the Salouis for a billion rubles. And like, ver, uh, ver, Nikita has very open about it. Like he hates that people have a bajillion rubles, but like the only rooms worth unlocking are rooms where you can only find ruble. Like, you know what I mean? Check 15 is like the best key in the game right now. And you can't find guns in that room or armor or yeah, helmets. People's green key card room is so they can sell the stims and maybe get yes, ledx. Black key card, ledx, and stims. Uh the the only marked room that's good in the game right now is the streets marked room where people want it so they can sell injector cases and stuff like that. You can get guns on a marked room, which is why it's kind of fun to loot. But God, like you're grinding just to you're you're grinding. Just to get more resources so that you can buy yeah. stuff just to grind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like they're 
they for years now have been so like like wanted to figure out a way to make it harder for people to make money for people to have less money but their only way it's like they're confronted with it too they know the only way to incentivize people to buy rare keys is to just put seven bitcoin spawns in this room and i just yeah. and i still can't understand i actually i really don't know i don't know how hard this would be from a development standpoint my gut tells me very easy there are so many locked keys locked rooms right now in the game where the environmental storytelling tells me there should be gear in this room kiba a lot of the reserve marked rooms almost every reserve almost every reserve key is a key where there's weapon racks and ammo on the tables but we're AK finding 74 but baby, we're finding 74 use and keter ammo and it's crazy because they don't want people to be rich and it's like why not a gun like a a a uh a decked out like the sop mod m4 is such a great example the sop mod m4 is not meta almost no part of it is meta the elkan's not meta the suppressor's not meta whatever and it takes up so much space it's like ruble per slot is terrible compared to bitcoins and stims but it feels really good to loot so when I say I want there to be decked out guns in these rooms, I'm not saying I want there to be HKs that are long barrel with the Saker suppressor yeah, and a Vortex cannon. Razor and 60 rounders and 995. I want more SOT Mod M4s. I want AKs with suppressors and stocks and better pistol grips like and the optics. Like the AKs are pretty sick. 100%. Uh, a lot of the boss guns, a lot of the gunsmith guns, like there's already inspiration the in the game. The 101... The 101 with the uh, the Reap IR yeah. with like the red grip. And yeah. like, that's a like sick little gun. Sick. I, I take the Reap IR off. The uh, MP7, the Bitcoin MP7 with the the, the riser and the yeah. aim point and then the laser on top. Like you could fill the environment with these guns and make these rooms juiced and actually have the net value on the economy lower. Because guns are much less valuable. So it's like, I, I just, I really don't understand why they've never done that. Why they haven't toned down some of the just, just high value, like check 15. It's just military, you know, COFDMs, vases, lions, bitcoins, stims. Why not tone that down, reducing the amount of, you know, ruble entering the economy, tone up some of these other rooms, but fill them with gear that's more fun to loot actually might help like a like a timmy be like oh this is a sick gun i might run this uh and it's effectively less ruble per slot enter you know leaving each raid i yeah. I, I i really don't understand why they haven't done that with with small rare chances for like slicks or zabralos <clears throat> to be in there as well you know what i mean like you know why the, the reason why is because because we've talked about this before they don't think about things from the perspective of yeah. game design they have a game they've made and there's a bunch of people that do stuff they don't like and they make changes to make it so that people can no longer do the things they don't like. They never once have said, how can we make yeah. this gameplay experience, this gameplay loop? It doesn't have to be happy-go-lucky. It doesn't have to be exactly. easy. It doesn't have to be easy. Because I, I already know people are going to say, oh, Nikita doesn't want it to be fun. But he's also not designing a game that nobody wants to play. The whole point of yeah. my game is that it's so unenjoyable that nobody plays it. That's my artistic vision. I'm fucking mauling you. You know, yeah, like, give yeah. me a break. It's yeah. not that. It's not that deep, guys. It's not that deep.
he doesn't want a happy-go-lucky, fun game where nothing matters and nobody cares about things. He wants it to be hardcore and punishing and whatever. But that doesn't mean that it, it shouldn't be... If you're the greatest in the world at the game, it yeah. should be the most satisfying, zen, <laughs> fucking intense but still like you're in the zone and you're a f like once again they just i defer back to dark souls dark souls are almost unanimously the whole souls worn game are unanimously considered one of the most the hardest franchise to play in the in the right way hard masterable all right like if i played dark souls i would die a million times but i could pull up a video right now of somebody beating it on uh donkey kong bongo drums blindfolded because they're masters and that's that's hard you know what i mean that's hardcore that's difficult that's replayable that's rewarding that's fun um yeah man i really wish that they would nikita just needs to sit down and say how can i make this game enjoyable to play and actually like answer that because he can yeah like, he can do that yeah he can uh, but... yeah yeah he can yeah anyway so did you happen to to see i know you <laughs> saw the bug video yeah did you see the other one i did i quest? saw the thumbnail for it but i haven't had a chance to watch it yet it's the first video i've ever done that wasn't like a highlight video where i had like a, a story i wanted to tell or something i wanted to do that was not scripted oh i had yeah. the idea literally in the morning and i'm like Press record. I'm like, yo, I have an idea. That's so great. Um, because I had been doing a bunch with um, I'm I'm. I don't know if I'll ever make this video because the video would need to be as good as the game. But the more I think about it, the more I have am convinced that Outer Wilds is the best video game I've ever played. I love it, dude. Um, I can't stop thinking about it. I cannot stop thinking about how fucking good that game is. Um, it, it has, I won't say it's the best game ever made. Yeah. Um, but I think it surpassed Ocarina of Time for me as the best game I've played or the best experience awesome. I've had. Um, so I want to do a video essay on it, but I was actually like, I had some ideas about some, like, you know, how when you write. When I do like my video essays, sometimes I'm looking for like this overarching like narrative or theme yeah. about like, and I was like, I wonder if Chat GPT can say, you know, like, hey, maybe you can expand on the idea. I was like, you know, write me two paragraphs about the irony of Outer Wilds talking about, you know, how infinite the universe is while also at the same time having a solar system that's like 0.000002% of our solar like yeah. the planets you can go you can fly around on a jetpack in like 20 seconds okay you know it's like yeah. it's a mini yeah and i'm like talk about the juxtaposition <laughs> the irony of these two things and it like spit out a bunch of interesting stuff i was like fuck man like holy shit and then it inspired a whole bunch of other stuff that's crazy but then i started it just hit me like I wanted to be like, you know, fix Tarkov, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> but I ended up basically saying, Hey, are you familiar with Tarkov's quests? And it was like, yeah, I'm familiar with Tarkov's quests. And I was like, give me an example. And it was like, um, one of the classic quests is called checking where you have to go no, and collect the, yeah. Now, now it got a bunch of details wrong. At one point it was like, 
the stylish one is where you have to go and like farm this item a bunch of times or whatever. And it was like, but I ended up being like, no, you got that wrong. The stylish one requires you to kill the scav boss killer a hundred times. And it was like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I messed that up. Um, and that's actually a, a challenging quest because it does this and this and this and asks to, to characters to, it, it, and, and I was like, holy shit. So I had the Damn. idea I put on Twitter and I didn't say what I was doing, um, but I put on Twitter, I'm like, yo, tell me what you love about the quests in Tarkov and what you oh, hate yeah. about the quests in Tarkov. And I took all of those things and I went to, to chat GPT, which for you guys, if you don't know, it's an artificial intelligent um, natural language processing chat bot, basically. Um, and I said, hey, chat GPT, let's collaborate. I want to design an Escape from Tarkov quest. Um, and what I want to do is work with you. I'm going to give you some feedback. But first, I want to tell you what the community has to say about the quests. What do you think about that? And it's like, great idea. Like, let's collaborate. Interesting. And it was basically like, I'm waiting for you to tell me, you know. So I went into Twitter, copy pasted a shit ton of things. So I had like a whole page of all the things. And I'm like, here's what it here's what people said, you know, quote paste quote here's what people said that they hated quote paste and it was like oh okay and then it gave me a fucking three paragraph summary on all the things and i'm like what do you think would be a good idea for a tarkov quest let's let's create one from scratch and it came up with one that was like it, it, it wasn't reinventing the yeah, wheel yeah. you know what i mean but it was like it was a quest that made sense in the lore of the game that also told you the what and the why and the where and didn't rely on RNG and wasn't like boring or repetitive and had variation every wipe. And then I went back and forth with it. I'm like, change this. What about this? Change this. And it was like, cool. And then at one point it said um, something, something, something from a, a, a trader, another trader. And I was like, let's design a trader. So I was oh, like, tell me, shoot. I'm like, tell me more about this trader. Who's this trader you're talking about? Let's design a new one. And it, and it came up with like a name and a whole story about this whole thing, like medical supply shipment, whatever. And I'm like, let's, I said, let's connect this trader with therapist. And that'll be like your introduction. You know how you get introduced to Jaeger? Yeah. This would be like therapist would introduce you to this other trade. And I, and I, and then I used mid journey, the AI generated yep. art. To design the avatar, it looks exactly like a fucking Tarkov avatar, and it's just this cool Russian-looking dude, and I have this backstory with the quest, and it uses the in-game maps, and it, oh, well, one of the one of the things was, you know, when you go to do, uh, like, near the drone on Shoreline, there's, like, that box. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, the whatever fucking quest that is. Uh, Lend-Lease, where you have Lend to get all those things, yeah. You know how there's, like, a cart? Yeah. Where a lot of times, like, the oh, wiki even yes. says, you go to the cart and, and you then, follow the corner. The, my quest explains why that cart's there. Oh, my God. And it uses that cart, and it has a picture. Dude, it was, like, it was so fucking cool. And it was, like, yo, this this is, like, actually a that's tool so that's interesting sick. that can be used. And then another thing I, I, I talked about, Shooter Born in Heaven. I explained what it was, and it, it got, like, it half right, so then I corrected it. Yeah. And then I said, I wrote, like, 
a long, like a fucking essay on what I don't like about Shooter Born in Heaven. And I said, how would you redesign it? And one of the things it said was, well, I wouldn't rely on distance. I would make it so that you have to use like a, a, a specific like thing, like a scope. And it was like, I actually proposed that a couple of years ago where I'm like, uh, make it so that you need to get the kills with a 12X. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So it can be 90 meters. It can be 200 meters. It doesn't matter. Yeah. The fact that it's a 12X means you're not going to go in and point fire in factory with it. Yeah. Like you yeah. should need to go and use the scope. And I'm like, that's an interesting way of doing it because you know how many fucking kills? I still only have two Shooter Born in Heaven kills, even though yeah. I spent like two days straight, like for 20 hours trying to get the kills. Yeah. And I just never came across anybody. And when I did come across them, it was like zigzag, couldn't yeah, hit the shot, yeah. you know. Um, but it had a bunch of ideas on how to improve that. So, yeah, that Dang. video was actually super fun to That's do. crazy. Were you, yeah, you were using ChatGPT4? Because I remember uh, a while back. Not, I asked, no, I wasn't even using the new one. Really? I was using whatever, like, the default one is on the website without, like, upgrading. Oh, my God. Gosh, that's so that's so cool. That's like yeah, dude, fascinating. Yeah, I mean, so that's like a whole other thing where it's like, how can I use? Because I've been trying to figure out how the fuck I can use some of these technologies, you know? Yeah, content. I know you've been going ham um, with like mid journey stuff. You've been posting it on like all that stuff looks so sick. Yeah, yeah. On the second channel, so I have sick. Uh, Twitch chat. Will uh, basically I'll just say Twitch chat. Give me prompts. And people will say, you know, they'll just spam stuff. And I'll be like, imagine this, imagine this. And I'm just typing it all. And like mm -hmm. my Discord bot is just like generating as I'm going. And once I get like 20 of them, then it's like, okay, Let's pull them look up at in, them. All, in separate tabs. And then I just full screen it and react. So I have all of that on my second channel. But there's unbelievable. There's things that are hilarious. There's yeah. like one, one of them was um was no one came to my birthday party. <laughs> what a great prompt. And, and the prompt, like, it was literally four panels. Each one of the panels had, like, have you seen The Hills Have Eyes? No, but I know what movie you're talking about. Like, mutant, yeah. inbred-looking humans. The craziest, worst-looking humans ever. Now, I, I just upgraded after uh, to the newest version of, of uh, Mid Journey, yeah. which does, like, hands and faces yeah, and stuff yeah. a little bit better. Um, but this was, like, they were all mutants. But every one of them had, like, a person sitting in front of a table with a cake surrounded by people. Except one of them, it was a cow. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. It was so what? funny. It's so random. But some of them are amazing, man. Some of them are fucking amazing. Dang. Uh, but yeah, so that's on the, my second channel, the, the Satire V channel. That's um, so sick. Yeah, and then... Then the only other thing is that the fucking bug reporting video. Yeah, which I don't want to, like, get too in the weeds on that. But I wanted to bring it up because, like, it was such a good video in reminding like I think uh I think we talk a lot about how sometimes the default posture is like so much of this is intended like it's just like so many of these like we're so deep in bugs that there are so many bugs we just forget our bugs and so like the video was just like I'm gonna report every bug today and it was just like and my video contained like 10 percent of the well the ones i yeah, found i like, uh, i watched that video and i was so sad but also like 
like because I didn't I didn't talk about all the no the- I wasn't sad. I was just I was so sad because of how many there were and just like and just the state of it and like and obviously a big part of it is this concept that like nowhere in the game does it tell you please report bugs you can't report bugs from inside the game you can only report one bug per day when you report that bug so like you can't report bugs in game you report them in the launcher and then the feedback you get from that bug is on the forum. It'll notify you in the launcher, but it then when you click on the notification, it pushes you to a website on the forum. So you can't do any of it in game. Where you submit and where you get the feedback for that submission are in different places. You can only submit one. And so this like, we were talking about it and there were people like, there were some people in chat that were like, this is what you signed up for, man. You play a beta game, you should be sub- And I was just like, bro, you're you're out of your mind. Like you're, you're out of control. Like at no, you didn't sign a contract. You're not an independent contractor. You don't work for them. It's the the stance from the development is it should be like a blessing if somebody does. So I want to make that as frictionless as possible. Yeah, it goes to both convince ways. Convince people to to report bugs. You know what I mean? Like you that was the point of the video was yeah. that it goes both ways, right? Because it all prompted, which we don't have to get into, from the uh, BSG, some folks at BSG basically saying like. Well, why didn't you, you, you had an invisible player in one of your videos. Like you, you shouldn't be complaining about it unless you reported it. And I was like, dog, how, why am I like, like, let's be real. I, I can't be the only person that like this, whether or not invisible players that's been around for, I mean, months in the most recent uh, iteration, but like years in general, it can't rely on me reporting it uh, two months after millions of people have been complaining about it, yeah. right? Like, it can't be... That can't be it. And yeah. then also, you mean I need to be in raid? I need to get killed by an invisible player, be so frustrated and annoyed, and in, and then close Alt my game, four. <laughs> open up the thing, and report the bug, and then yeah. hope that I unlocked the solution to fixing it, and then open the game back up. It's like, if yeah. you want me to do that, well, then you need to maximize my chances of wanting to do that, right? Yep. So, it, again, it, bo- it goes both ways. For sure. Yeah, you can make an argument from this, like, crazy altruistic perspective that absolutely, like, that that if you're opting into a beta, that you should want to help with the process or whatever. And I get that, and I should report more bugs than I do. I will willingly give that. But it's not a job. Uh, so many of these games like beta is such a meaningless term right now. Like people are, people are selling you like, like if I ever felt like a game company, like when was the last time you felt that a game company truly released a game in beta for the feedback and not for the money? Ask yourself that question. You know what I mean? Like, do you like, you know what I mean? Like, does VSG really want more people to buy their game when they put it on sale? Are they hoping they get more bug reports or are they hoping they get more money? So it's like, yeah. it's not a job that I have, but I want to do it. It's just like, make that as frictionless as possible. And like, and, and a great, why didn't they tweet out when, when literally almost every person's every other raid for a solid month was dying to invisible players? Why did at no point did they say, we understand this is an issue. Please report bugs. If you don't know how, here's a refresher. Like that's, it's crazy to you me. You want to know why? No, you don't want to know why. The only reason why, and, and, and 
there, there's a universe in which like I don't know something specific here, but I, I'm just gonna go out on a limb because I, I'm pretty confident in what I'm about to say. Reporting that bug is not gonna do a fucking thing. And because the yeah. logs, I, I've gone through the logs. Like, yeah. remember the whole you used to get stuck? Yeah, yeah. In a you fucking like went through the logs. Yeah. It was because I went through the log. I know everything they log. Yeah. As in my ten years doing software, I spent a considerable amount of time putting very specific debug logs in. And then when someone experienced it, the first person I'd be like, when support would reach out to me as a developer, I'd be like, give me their email, and I'm gonna email them directly. You're out of the fucking picture. Um, because I can ask them like three questions and fix the bug in minutes. Yeah. And because my logs, or I don't even have to email them. My logs told me, Hey, you went to go do a thing and the value was no pointer. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well that explains why, yeah. you know, such and such a thing. So the reason why, like I wouldn't report something like that is because now a crash, every time it crashes, I'll hit yes, yeah. submit the bugs so, yeah, because sure. that's, that's, That's intuitive. a stack trace where it tells you what the crash is, and it's a crash log. Yeah, and it's a frictionless like, experience. The game crashed. That's what the bug is. The pop-up is right there. I don't have to go find a place to bug. Do you want to report this? Of course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's, yeah. So, like, so it was all those things where it's like, I just, I feel like if they want, like, I, uh, once again, not a scientific test at all and absolutely on the honor system. Absolutely. But I, the other day I had, you know, seven, 800 people in chat and I said, type seven, if the chat, if you didn't know until recently, you could report bugs like that. It was a thing because like you open the game and it doesn't say report a bug in the launcher. If you've missed it on the launcher, that's it. And there were so many yeah. people. And then I was like, if you, if you knew that you could report bugs, how many of you didn't know how to do it? I played the game for a, a two years before I knew how to submit a bug report. You know what I mean? Like it's it just like, the game doesn't ask it of you in any, like, you know I mean? The people that are like, well, you should know. It's just like, it, it's, that's all an unstated thing. The game never asks yeah. you to it. It never explains how you do it. It never explains the importance of it. It never explains what type of information to look out for. And it's really bad at giving you feedback. Every single time I've reported a bug, I think I've gotten the same copy pasta back every single time. Every well, that's the problem. time. It makes it worse too, because here's the thing. When you like tell you call Comcast because your internet goes out, they what they what they do is they say, Let me power cycle your router or have you tried unplugging yeah. it or whatever. They're basically in so many words, they're saying the problem's on your end. Yeah. Let me help you fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When really what they need to do is is they need to say, Okay, we understand there's a problem. You help us fix it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give us the information. Because what it one of the one of the the reports I had was like reinstall Windows, reformat your hard drive, uninstall the game, reinstall it again, do this other. It was it was literally twelve different things. Each one of them would take an hour and a half to yeah, do. There's no way. And then I'm it was relaunch the game and Windows. see if the problem. It was like it was that that's so much work. And the problem is it, this was actually um, back in the day how your vo my voice binds for the F keys. How they get reset every time you launch the game. Yeah. They wanted me to like uninstall the game, reinstall. I'm like, yo, I don't, I'm not going to do any of that. You just fucking fix it. Yeah. 
it's not worth if that fixes it that's not worth it to me to have to fucking do that i'll i'll not yeah, play with binds exactly for reformatting my hard drive or reinstalling my os is like i'm not <laughs> gonna do that no but if they said hey we know we know this is an issue and we're working on it um in the meantime here's what we can do but but if they know it's an issue and they're working on it they say thanks yeah yeah so and, and again, the problem is, is that like, this is where, I don't know, it just feels like a double standard or whatever, because the same CM that was like, why did you report the bug? You were complaining. You're a software. And I, I didn't even talk about some of the other things. So like, you're a software engineer. Don't you know the value in bug reports? Blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I know the value in bug reports, but not the types of bug reports that we're yeah. talking about here. The, completely no evidence, no information, random ass bug reports from all kinds of random people all the time. Like, no, that there's not value in that on mass when it goes through customer support yeah. and doesn't get filtered through devs and whatever. So the same person that did that was also like, as soon as I, cause I submitted my video back with a smiley face. I'm like, here's the video. Uh, they said, okay, you know, great video. We already know about all of those issues and we're working on it. So why do I waste my fucking time? That's the reason why people don't submit shit is because 98% yeah. of the time, the answer is we already know and we're working on it. Yeah. Well, so what's the fucking point? Yeah. Yeah. What's the fucking point? That's, that's the thing for me is it's like from a company, if I was a CM, if I was like, I would want to model the type of communication I want. If I want bug reports, if I'm going to be frustrated that people complain about the game and don't do bug reports, I want to model that type of communication, which is done a few ways, which is one, make sure we're educating the players on the value of bug reports and how to bug report. And two, respecting the, we, we talk about this all the time, respecting the time of the person who took time out of their day to report a bug with something a little bit more than a copy pasta. And I feel like if you model that, you're not only just going to, A, get a lot more people on board if you make it, A, you know, make it a frictionless thing. But then you then I feel like you're, you're a little bit more entitled to have a little bit more of that expectation. But every time I've got, every time I've reported a bug report, it's that copy pasta. It's just we know and we're working on the issue. I don't know if my bug report helped. You know what I mean? It wasn't even like a thank you we, thank you. We are aware of this issue and we're working on it. And every bug report helps us identify the issue. So we appreciate your time. You know what I mean? Like they do like packages, you know, the, the Christmas package. There's like, if you participate in the ETS, a certain amount of hours, you get a little bit of extra gear. How sick would it be? It's like, if you reported a certain amount of bugs or something like that, I guess people would abuse that. I don't know. But, but frick just the, the concept of like, actually like educating and rewarding players for participating in the way they want to participate instead of just having this weird expectation. Dude, you give me five minutes in a Discord call with a developer. And if I have something that is easily reproducible, you know, like, we can have it figured out in no time. But oh. going, through a, going through a system that then <laughs> connects me to a useless support team that half the time wastes my time and I don't feel confident that they're going to pass the information on to the developers it's going to end up in a queue somewhere filtered in somewhere might not go anywhere see the problem is he here's why it matters it's because it's this is our democratic process when bsg says oh what people are experiencing desync what do you mean <laughs> 
It's because the only way they would know is if you close your game every time you have a desinky fight and yeah. submit a report, right? Because they don't get reports of it. Yeah. So, so honestly, I think that's how they prioritize things, and that's how things come across their radar, is by bug reports. And and honestly, that's fucking atrocious. What they need is the CM, like competent CMs or and or trusted members of the community. Yeah. Whether I, they're Sherpas or streamers or whoever. I like the emissary program. That's kind of, it's kind of, I, I don't know. I don't want to speak out of turn here, but I, that's kind of what I thought the emissary program was. It's like a group of people that are much more content creator player than they are developer. So they're going to experience the game from a different perspective. Like it'd be cool if those people gathered a bunch of data, you know, those people shot out tweets or whatever and was just like, hey, what are the bugs you're experiencing the most often? Yada, yada. And they can kind of like aggregate this and be like, hey, from the player base, this is the stuff that we are dealing with the most often. And at that point, that's one of the lines of defense for them to be like, oh, nobody really reports that. Okay, well, then now at least you can say, boom, like, and then they it's might so be able to investigate effective. further. You know what I mean? So I, once again, I don't know if that was the expectation of the emissaries. I know a lot of emissaries. I'm not saying they're not doing their job well. I don't know what that relationship looks like. But from the outside, I thought that that would be part of a valuable asset of having them. So anyway, so like I got so frustrated with your video that I started a list of my own bugs that I experience on a daily basis that now here's the thing. I I didn't include bugs that were in your video. So this is a list in addition to your video. Okay. Uh, my actual teammate I queued in with spawning in a different raid than me. That happens. Uh, the matching bug. The secondary bug to the matching bug, which is by clicking the back out button, you get in an infinite loop for 10 minutes. You should alt F4, okay? The third version- Alt F4 and not hit- No, and not, not hit, hit back. back. Yeah, so so the first bug I is- I alt F4 when I hit back and that's too late. Too late. The So the first bug is we get the matching bug 20% of our raids. The second bug is to get out of that, don't click the big giant back button. Alt F4 your game. The third bug in that bug is that when you do that, all of your gear will appear uninsured, but it is insured. And if you don't know that, you're going to spend another 100,000 rubles insuring it. It won't show up as insured, but if you queue into the raid, as soon as you spawn into the raid, hit tab, all of your gear is insured. So that's three bugs in one, all right? The awaiting session start bug, where you have to alt F4 out of the game, that's separate from the matching bug. Wait, it lets you insure it twice? Yeah. See, that right there actually blows my mind because I would think that would be like the item move error. Like that sh it shouldn't let you it insure something. Maybe it doesn't take the money. You'd never know because you're not in your stash when you insure, but it doesn't yeah. give a move error. It will let you insure it again. The stamina bug is still in the game where I can have full stamina and just shaky arms as if I have no stamina. The face shield breathing bug, where if you start with a face shield down, you don't get the breathing bug. But if you start with it up and pull it down, you're breathing for the entire raid. It seems as though that's a bug and an unintended thing. Uh, I had a raid with Bay Bay in reserve where I killed a guy on one of the staircases in reserve. Then that guy and then his teammate killed me on that staircase. And then Jay killed the guy that killed me. And he was asking me where our, my body was. And I pulled up his stream and we found out the guy I killed, me and the guy Jay killed, all of us fell through the staircase and were inside of each other underneath the staircase and he couldn't get access to our body. He couldn't reach my body. Okay? 
So I don't know what that is. The audio when switching, the audio inclusion is really bad, but also like the odd, there are certain things where like in reserve right now, um, when we go, go underground. underground, like my teammates audio will be like not only occluded, but like occluded and 50 feet into the deep sea. Like it's like, a, it's not, it's even if you both come above yeah, ground after that, yeah, yep. it's not like it's th that specific bug. Isn't just an audio inclusion zone bug. Like it's, it's something else. The no audio grenade bug that happens all the time. The looting bug, which has multiple flavors of it. I don't know if you've noticed this. The bug where you like you kill a guy and just like half his gear is unlootable. Additionally, there's a bug. Yep, I get that so much. Yeah. Additionally, there's a bug where like Jay killed a guy the other day and I was like, oh, you don't want this guy's stuff? And he was like, Jesse, I have that guy's stuff. But it was all still on his body and I couldn't interact with it. Um, The bug, the visual bug where I brought in a, this has happened to me a ton recently. I brought in a kit for Velian. Velian died and then I bring, bring him his kit back. He puts it all on. He's still completely naked to me for the rest of the raid. Even if he swaps out gear for other people's gear that he kills, he's completely naked for me for the entire raid. The Holy the party system completely disappears sometimes. Moving errors everywhere. Uh, the I can right now, right now, if you wanted to, you can scav into a raid with 12 other of your community, by the way. Did you know that the max party size for scav is four? But right now you can scav in with 12 people. As long as you send invites before people start accepting, you can scav in with 12 people. The visual bug that's been happening since the thing started where half of in it, if you try a scav army with their community, in the lobby, half of them will show up as PMCs. And I get asked that question every day. How are they PMCing with you as a scav? It's just a visual bug. It's just showing you what's on their PMC in the moment in the lobby, not what's on their scav. That's been happening since day one of them adding the thing. The dubstep audio after raids, that's been happening for two years now, hasn't been fixed. Canceling eating an item consumes the item and doesn't give you any food. I had a bug where I opened a door and I was stuck in oh, the- Oh, and the CMS kit is yes, the same thing. Yeah. I opened a door on streets and was stuck in the 12th dimension for five minutes. Uh, fairly regularly when I extract, if me and a friend are extracting at the same time, it'll only take my friend. I have to then exit the extraction and then get back into the extraction and do the countdown again. And then it takes me, uh, the rotate bug when reloading, putting loot. Uh, oh yeah, that, um, weird audio suppression sounds that happen. Um, and then I've had multiple ones where like I'm at the insurance screen and I forgot something and I click back. And it doesn't let you back. You're stuck at the insurance screen. I can click back a thousand times and I just stay there. I have to, once again, you have to alt F4. So those are all bugs that I experience regularly or semi-regularly. All bugs that weren't included in your video. It would take me 27 consecutive days to report them all. And we don't know if we should be reporting certain things every time they happen. Like, do because they? She might not know about them, or they yeah. might be on the backlog somewhere, or they might have a fix for it in the next patch. Do they need to know every single time that happens for the thing? Because then I could never get through this backlog because some of these things happen multiple times a night. So mm -hmm. I could, I couldn't physically report all these bugs if I wanted to, only allowing me to report one today. And this doesn't factor in things like desync, where you said, oh, should we be reporting that? And additionally, it doesn't factor in things that are bugs that we don't even know are bugs, a la the the, the blacked out limb day. Remember on the podcast with Nikita, he was like, that's a bug. Like, how many things do we think is just the way it's supposed to be? And it's a bug. So it's like, and that's that list took me 10 minutes to come up with, like.
you know how mad I was when I when I was like, all right, we're gonna report those two bugs. And the first one I did was that you can't log in. And yeah. then this and I was gonna do the my it blue screens my fucking computer, which like kills mm -hmm. my stream and the game and my character in game. Mm -hmm. And it was like, sorry, you can't do I'm like, oh like that was the important yeah. one and I can't even report it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean so here's the thing. The one thing that they've said, which it's like, okay, I guess like just take it for what it is. Um, I don't know if they've said this publicly or not, because I haven't really been fucking paying attention to Tarkov anything, but they at least told me, um, that, like, they're, the next patch, I think, they're, like, focusing on, like, Operation Health. Like, let's fix shit. Okay, I have yeah. a feeling, whenever this happens, it's always, like, one quality of life thing that's neat, and then, like, 27 bugs that I never heard yeah. of or experienced fixed, and then, like, one or two things that yeah. they're, like, we think we fixed, and then they're, like, not and then we like and that's what i'm saying too the other side of this is what does the player feel and experience and so often the big bug patches are fixing bugs we didn't know so many how many times do you read the patch notes where it's like fixed a bug where sometimes your your scav would do the would do the macarena if shooting at a ttk fmj round and it was like oh okay Fix the bug where you accidentally get too much money in the thing. It's like, we got to get rid of that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there's that. And then there's things like, I know it's more complicated than this, but then like, we've been complaining about the audio for four years and it's worse than it's ever been. You know what I mean? So it's like, some of the it's things... worse now than it was at the beginning of the wipe. Yeah, some of the things... When they said, don't worry, it's going to get better. Exactly. So some of the things that we like... Some of the things we've wanted, the, the biggest things we've had problems with for the longest times are either the same as they've been or worse over the span of four to seven years. Things that we don't know about are often fixed, which I'm glad those things are fixed. I'm not saying they're bad, but it's just the feedback is so infrequently. I'm glad we reported that bug. It's gone now. You know what I mean? So it's like now I'm glad that that's the thing. Um, I'm glad that they said that the next thing is Operation Health a style thing because that's very much so needed. Speaking of health, however. I, ah. I was going to say, speaking of, you said copy pasta. I was going to say, speaking of pasta. Speaking of pasta, <laughs> that would have been an even better one. I feel like Linus out here with these freaking transitions. <coughs> speaking of, um, Speaking of health. Uh, we would like to take a second and thank the second sponsor of tonight's episode, and that is Factor, which is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, Factor is awesome because you can get chef-prepared meals uh, that are cooked and ready to eat delivered right to your door. All you have to do is heat them up. So we have uh, used Factor. We've both interacted with them. Uh, I have been, like, over the past year or two, experimenting with a lot of these, like, uh, delivery meal services um, and factor is really, really cool because they take it the one step further where you don't even have to cook. And we think about us gamers or content creators or people who are in our little man caves all day long, just gaming and doing stuff and working. It's actually super nice to be able to just like get up, go heat something up that's delicious and chef made and just get right back to it and eat. There's so many layers to it. Um, the, the one side is like the food and the health aspect of it. It's nice having pre portioned helps me not overeat. 
And those portions are balanced portions in that there's like always like a protein, a vegetable and a carb, right? Like if I'm getting yep. up to go make something in the middle of an editing session, it's going to be a hot pocket. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get complex carbs or vegetables. You know what I mean? So the one side of it is the fact that you get like nutrition, nutritionist helped make these recipes actually healthy things. The other side of it for me has always been the flexibility and convenience of being able to pick how many meals I want, change how many meals I want per week, not an entire month. It's not like you you have yeah, to do yeah. five meals a week that for an entire in. month. You can change it every week. There's like 30, what is it? It's 34 chef prepared meals each week that you get to choose from. So if you're doing three meals a week or four meals a week, there's so many options to choose from. It automatically picks them for you and makes those adjustments based on what you pick previously. So the more you do it, the better it gets. So if you don't want the hassle of even picking, it's going to pick some for you. So like the convenience is insane. The flexibility and custom customization is insane. Uh, and then the nutrition side of it is pretty amazing as well. Agreed. Agreed. That's literally the only, the only healthy meals I eat these days uh, are from Factor. Yeah. And, and my wife eats half of them, which is probably <laughs> which is probably the better endorsement. Yeah, I mean, she's actually healthy. <laughs> that's insane. And then all the other stuff that we've gotten to interact with that they've sent us, like the smoothies and all that stuff have been amazing, too. Uh, you can do vegan or veggie meals. You can do proteins. You can do all that kind of stuff. So there's tons of different options. There's uh, just like so much to it. And it's really, really cool. So uh, you can head to factormeals.com slash podcasts. And use code PODCAST50 to get 50% off your first box. That is code PODCAST50 at factormeals.com slash PODCAST50 to get 50% off your first box. 50% uh, off is awesome. You get all the convenience. You don't have to do any cleanup. Bada bing, bada boom. Thank you so much to Factor for sponsoring this episode. So continuing on with the Tarkov stuff, talking about the operation health, like, oh, obviously that's not what they're calling it, but you mentioned that they said to you that some of the upcoming changes were more for fixing what's in the game. Uh, we've, we had, we have had two different tweets in the past week. Uh, we'll go over this one first. Um, they hit us with the, an estimated plan of the changes, fixes, and improvements that will be included in the upcoming technical updates. Did you see this tweet? Okay, so I'll read you the stuff. Improvements to Oculus Audio on Reserve Interchange and Shoreline. New version of DLSS. Visual corrections to remove fog inside rooms, basement, and bunkers on Reserve and Interchange. I repeat, visual corrections to remove fog from inside of rooms, basements, <clears throat> bunkers on Reserve and Interchange. Now, basement and bunkers and rooms, do you think that includes the parking garage and I, or like in front of Kibba when you're, you know, like that long lane? Please. I hope that's Lord a room. Nikita. Yeah, I literally the way that was worded couldn't have been more of a like cock block about getting excited because at first you're like, oh, they're removing the fog on interchange. But then the more you read it, you're like inside rooms, basements and bunkers. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, God. But I'm hoping I'm full. I am full coping that they will remove the fog on interchange and fix the lighting. I'm full coping. It's going to happen. Um, uh, notification system for banned cheaters based on player reports. 
geometry and lighting fixes for streets to Tarkov, networking fixes aimed at improving the connection stability and reducing the number of disconnects while loading into RAID, improvements to the UI for putting offers on the flea market based on previous balancing changes. Wait, what? Exactly, exactly. There was a there should have been a period earlier in that sentence. If, if you said based on balancing changes, remove that and I get I get excited exactly. for quick sell. Exactly. Improvements to the UI for putting offers on the flea market based on previous balancing changes. I don't know what that means. Be because like how can you make changes to the UI based on it's a non sequitur. Yeah. So hopefully based on what, you what had for they mean. Today. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully what they mean is that is there some sort of quick sell feature? Bug fixes in the group system and AI. Oh wait, bar they remove bartering. Oh no, are they just gonna remove So they probably just removed the checkbox and like a couple other I hate humanity. Um, bug fixes in the grouping and system AI, and then the transition to Unity 2021. So, um, interesting stuff. The uh, uh, I actually do want to talk about audio for a second, like after, <coughs> but bringing the uh, Oculus audio, uh, man. Verbiage is so important. What I believe they mean by that are the manually placed occlusion zones that are clearly not on reserve interchange and shoreline that are clearly are, at least in some capacity, on maps like Customs and Streets of Tarkov. Um, we'll come back to that. DLSS. Uh, I'm, I'm all for trying to make the game more accessible and more frames to more people, so I'm down with DLSS. Uh, the fog thing is obviously of great interest to Chiboy Jesse Kazam. Uh, it, as a reminder, there are many things wrong with interchanges lighting, the fog only being one of them. So the, my fear is that they remove the fog and it makes it harder to see somehow because they didn't, they don't address any of the actual like illumination problems on the map or, or like any of the fact that like the lighting just isn't acting like lighting it's it's acting like they're just adjusting brightness sliders room by room so i'm worried that if they just remove the fog it'll just be like pitch black in the mall and i'm so i'm hoping that there's more to it than that um the uh networking fixes always very welcome the ui thing i think we did just kind of suss that out which makes me sad because i was hoping for quick sell the big thing the other big thing is the transition to unity 2021 so here's how I understand it. Some of my mod team has been doing a bunch of like snooping around. I couldn't remember what Unity version the game was on. I thought it was on 2021. It No, it was definitely not that. I really thought it was on Unity 2020. Uh, and then <laughs> yesterday on stream, I got a Unity crash where the like yeah. logo pops up and I screenshotted it because it said... Unity 2019.4.x. So I think we're on Unity 2019. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I really, really thought we were on 2020. So the reason why I thought that is because I remember when they upgraded, we were like two years behind. Yes. Yeah. But, but now we're two now, years behind. So I figured it was 2021. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's been three or four years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. What's dude. nice is that Unity 2019 
is not currently, as per Unity's website, supported <clears throat> by Unity. Like, and Unity 2021 is. <laughs> I don't know if Unity 2021 is the most recent version. I don't know if they actually have released two additional versions, like, each year. But 2020 is... 2021 is supported by the devs. Oh, they have 2022. Okay. It'll be the closest we've ever been to the current, to the current version. Um, yeah, I mean, there's 2020, 2021, and 2022. So uh, we yeah, are yeah, skipping yeah, yeah, a generation. Yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be a lot. See, people are like, that's gonna be so great for the game, as if like that's a free like yeah. free 20 FPS, and there's gonna be a shit ton of bugs. Yeah, it will like, be. New bugs. It, so to be clear, to clear, to be to be clear about what that means is that it means the game could see huge benefits six to twelve months after the update. It's not even that it will see those benefits. It's that there are a lot of uh, once again, so, so I haven't done a lot of research, but some of the homies have done some research and has said that in the Unity community, 2021 was a big deal because it specifically addressed a lot of things. And it was the year that um, the Unity devs really were like, we want to be like a serious engine again that like people can build huge games on. So like, I, I, as I've been told, like there's a, like a lot of really cool features from a development standpoint around a lot of different things. We're in 2021 specifically because it was like a big version. And apparently someone said in chat that 2022 is the one that's like still under development. Like there are branches of it, but like that's the one they're working on. So we'll be the closest we've ever been to the newest version. But to be clear about what that means is that it means that any of those really cool things are then just placed in the hands of developers. How effective the developers are at using those tools is remains to be seen. And undoubtedly, the move to it will break a lot of things. So it's like, I'm very happy about it and I'm very excited about it because I would never want to, to remain stagnant or end up more and more out of date without long-term support. But yeah, if you're listening to this, don't think that on that patch day, you're going to have all more frames and less desync and the sound's going to be better. Like it'll get worse before it gets better and it'll get worse before it gets better if it gets better. <laughs> you know what I mean? <clears throat> so uh, temper your expectations. But if you're a copium addict like myself, it's exciting. Hopefully. Please, God. God, please. Nikita, please. God, please, please. God. Um, mm -hmm. so that now the audio thing, I wanted to touch on audio briefly. Mm. Um, I don't know if you saw Pestley's video on the audio. You don't need to see it. You know, everything that's wrong with the audio, obviously, but he, he just like documented a few of the things and it was, it was good because it, the reason I found that video good was because it highlighted for a lot of people. And I commented this on the video that there's more wrong with the audio. Because once again, as we've talked about many times, people like to reduce things down to just like a really easy to understand binary where like all the problems with the audio before were just Steam Audio was bad, right? Like yeah. even though Steam Audio didn't even touch the things that were broken. And so what Pestley's video did well was highlight a lot of that. Like, and a good example of that is Customs is a map that's currently supported by, I hate that they keep using this term, like, Oculus audio on reserve. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not on the other maps. Like, I hate... Anyways. 
don't know what that means. Yeah. But when it, in patch point 13, the patch notes said that the Oculus audio, like these occlusion zones were only going to be on streets, customs, and I think like woods or something. So we factory. knew in factory and the ones that aren't interchange reserve and shoreline are the ones where sound is a pancake, right? You can be prone crawling on the roof of the resort and you hear it in the basement while you're checking red. Same with interchange, same with reserve. So what, what we're probably going to see is them adding those manual occlusion zones. The floors are going to be much better. It's going to make the experience a lot better. But the problem is, and why I liked that Pestley did his video this way, is he did all his testing on customs. So you have, so you throw all that out. Like, it's not Oculus Audio is going to fix everything. The Oculus Audio that they keep talking about is on customs right now. And it just highlighted so many of the things, like the other little things that are wrong with the audio, where like, he was standing on the second floor of dorms, three-story dorms, with his back to the car, and that door behind him closed. And he had a second account that was, like, running around so you could listen to the audio. And, like, the loudest thing, the loudest audio, you know, the loudest MP3 file by volume was when the second PMC was outside and just clipped a bush really quickly. The bush doesn't get muffled at all and is really, really loud. And then the contrast of that bush, he he jumps off, he goes to the third story balcony of dorms, jumps off onto the fence, jumps down, hits a bush, and runs up the metal stairs by the car and opens the door behind him. The bush is the loudest thing that's played, and there's no audio for him running up the metal staircase. So it's like, that's not oh man, well the floors and the vertical audio on Shoreline sucks. Like them adding the vertical audio on Shoreline is going to be great. But they're, like that is such a good highlight of there are so many more issues there. Is it's like, yeah, the PMC is occluded on customs. When he was above you, he was occluded. He was muffled. But when he's in the staircase, he's not. But then when he's on the floor, he is. But then when he's outside in the grass, he's occluded. But not if he hits a bush because you're occluded if you hit... But the bush isn't occluded, and then there's n there's just no metal footsteps. So like, and so what I commented on the video was like, at least this highlights a that there's more issues than just the vertical audio, and b, what ends up happening is the infer like the audio that you do get is not only not helpful, but often what kills you, because you hear a bush, so then you you look in here and you're like, well, he's probably here. But then the audio doesn't give you the metal foot, the metal. So then a door opens. And if you hadn't heard the bush, you probably would have been more aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Now you're looking out the you're window looking and you at have the your bush. back to the door. And yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's just, it, it was a, it was a good highlight that there's so much more to it than just the vertical audio sucks. There's so much more to it than just, we need Oculus audio to get better. Is this just like, it's broken in so many different ways, you know? Yeah, I mean, the fact that Factory has dog shit audio now, when historically it was before Steam audio, it was still the map with the best audio. Yeah. And you watch any of my old videos from 2018 and 2019, and you'll see me owning on Factory. Oh, my yeah. God. I went down again. Yeah, I'm using, um, you know, using audio cues as an indication. Yeah. Um, and... When Steam Audio came out, it was instantly like, now Factory is just easy mode. It's God mode. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. You can um, hear everything. And then Oculus Audio, it's the, we're just, now it's just the worst, right? Now it's just guessing. It, the positional audio isn't as good as it used to be. And now, like, 
staircases and everything are scuffed. Yeah, it's bad. So it's really depressing. Yeah. So it's one of those things where the, once again, I'll never bite the hand that feeds. I We absolutely need the vertical audio on reserve interchange and shoreline. To me, it is unfathomable. Hey, we're back. To me, it is unfathomable that the game even shipped with the current audio on those three maps. It's just like truly unbelievable. So I'm excited for that. That will make those maps good. A lighting and audio patch coming to interchange in the same patch has got me feeling some type of way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's what's coming. Um, there was also a tweet the day before that, that, uh, this is just like some of these things were changed. You probably would not have noticed any of these things. Um, oh, they were all centered around fence too, which was weird. Uh, at max loyalty level fence, fence now restocks items more frequently and prioritizes higher quality items. Scaf PMC extracts now give more rep. Vehicle extraction discounts are increased. Fence now pays more for items sold to him. Scav characters will now have a higher chance of getting better equipment. Scav character cooldown is reduced. Scav box timer is reduced. And the amount available scav extracts are reduced. Um, so interesting these things here. In my testing, some of these are just boldface lies. The fence does not... Like, every time I've clicked on fence, it's still bandages and broken... SKSs. I don't understand what that means. Uh, I still don't feel like the scav gear, the like higher levels, you get better gear. Like I still just don't believe that that's a thing. I'm I'm max is six 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 point is to get you to max level karma. I'm at almost nine karma, and I spawned the other day with a shotgun, with no meds, no grenades, nothing in my backpack, no keys, and just twelve rounds of Magnum Buck. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I don't know. But some of the things like the vehicles give you much more rep now. The scav extracts give you more rep now. I think your default scav timer is a little lower. Uh, so that was like a very interesting random change. It was just like a little patch all centered around fence. But yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, yeah. nothing bad to say about that. I, I guess. wish like I was talking the other day and I was like, what if at max level fence he paid like 5% more than like any other trader for certain things or for anything. Like, 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 like valuables. It, it still doesn't make sense yeah. that therapist is the one that gives you money for valuables. Yeah. Making him the, the most money, an I mean. end game trader in that sense, completely and instantly just like adds value to him. And it adds value to him as a trader and like makes you actually want to click on fence while simultaneously adding a reason for you to want to stay above good karma. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. have to be an economy breaking number. It doesn't have to be 50% more. But if he paid you 8% more for valuables across a wipe, that's a tremendous amount of money. You'd want to keep his karma up. You know what I mean? Like, Okay, crazy idea too because I like that. Imagine if you had a found and raid item and you sold it to fence and it retained found and raid. Would that be good or would that be bad? That would be interesting. 
it would kind of bring back the days of the like the camping the fence, camping trying to fence find. the like the chaoticness of what the original fence was, where you would just try to snipe good items, bro. Mm. It would be interesting if you could only do that at max karma. That could be what the second tier of him is. You could buy founding rate items. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could buy Thunderbird items, but it wouldn't be like the flea market because you couldn't just, like, search for them. Like, it would be random. It would be, did you see it? Did you get it in time? It wouldn't be as broken as the original flea because it wouldn't be this, like... But he would have to pay a little bit more for the item to incentivize people Otherwise, to sell it yeah. to him. I mean, it makes sense. It would be very interesting. Oh, dude, why, why, why are we always coming up? <laughs> why are we doing this to ourselves, bro? Mm. That's a really interesting idea, actually. So you know what? But you know what the the worst part about that idea is? Hmm. It uses it's another feature that's integrated in with a fucking stupid band aid that doesn't need to. Be yeah, in. yeah. Like the found and raid. What it's doing? Yeah, you're right. It belongs, but I still maintain what they actually need is what I proposed in my quest video a million years ago, which is like, you need to have a flag on items. There needs to be like five flags, yep. which is where did it spawn? How many raids has it been brought into? Has it been sold? You know, like yep. it was a, it was an AI spawn or it, it spawned in raid, like in a crate or um, it was brought in by a PMC, you know, like those types yep. of things so that you can actually know exactly where it came from yep. and and what kind of status it has yep. um so it's basically like found in raid should be like one of 10 mm -hmm. statuses um that mm -hmm. that in, well actually found in raid should encompass like 4 of 10 you know like yes. if it's cuz cuz crafted should be its origin. own flag origin uh, yeah. the origin needs to be craft trader like where was yes. the item initialized? Where was it created? Was it created either on uh like yeah. scav junk box and uh, or the the you know the scav Yeah, the lucky scav junk box. Yeah, the lucky scav junk box or like a gift. Yeah. Or quest reward? Yeah. You know, like you shouldn't be able to turn in, you know, a quest reward for like another quest or maybe maybe not. I don't know, no, but like but those are the things saying, that you could yeah. If they want to have fine grained control over these things, then they can't just have a, a sledgehammer. A binary only yes tool. or no. Yeah. Yeah. It put a binary yes or no with a name that is misleading, like found yeah, and raid. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, if that was the case, then I would it would be a lot better. Yeah. Fuck. Damn. Yeah, I mean we that just came out of we saw all those changes and like um and, and like, I was just talking through, yeah, that idea of like fence is just like completely useless now and still, as far as I can tell, doesn't sell anything. Like I just don't, yeah, I, do. I never buy, I never buy anything from fence. I just like, yeah, it's crazy. Dude, can you imagine? So with the feature we just talked about, but also as a scav, there's so many times where I just leave a bunch of shit on my scav. Like, I don't need the 3M armor or the Paka. Like, I'm not even going to take it. I don't even want it to take up the space. 
but then also like a bunch of craft items or whatever that I'm not going to use that I'm going to flea market. Yeah. Imagine if imagine if fence gave you a decent amount of money, and at the end of a scav raid, you could transfer over like the gun and the armor that you got that you like, and then hit a button that say, "Fence the rest." Yep. And it would all go on fence. You'd get the money, and now that would all be found in raid stuff that someone else might need for a quest that they could buy if they had max rep. Yeah. Come on, dude. These are the things they like. Uh, who didn't they hire a fucking like designer yeah, director from like Blizzard or, or something from Blizzard? What are you doing? Dude, You're from Blizzard right now. Okay, once again, let me just be super clear about what the verbiage was. At max level, Fence now restocks items more frequently and prioritizes higher quality items. I just launched the game. Let's. I'm gonna tell you every single item that's on max level Fence right now. It's going to be the the one the one row vepers Custom, and a bunch of well, junk. That's at level one, but the max level, Cigarettes. the premium level. Uh, Custom light slugs, PM magazines, a half-used IFAC, a half-used CMS, a Wi-Fi camera, three different color berets, two army hats, uh, the, the firefighter helmet, two sunglasses, a cowboy hat, a Keter, an AK-74U, a half-used rat rig, a glorious mask and a mustache. I'll read it again. Fence now restocks items more frequently and prioritizes higher quality items. I have 8.73 karma. And that's not the first time that they've said they've buffed Fence's loot. I think this is an Oculus audio situation. I think there's a, a proverbial wire that's not plugged in and they keep buffing what the wire does, and it's dangling out there in the freaking digital spaghetti code, and it's just it's just only ever this. No, I have an alternate hypothesis, and that's they've implemented it properly. There's just nothing better because it's not it's not spawning shit there. It's what people sell. I guess. Why is anyone going to sell good stuff to fence? That was never clearly defined. The only thing, and I, I, we're so far away from it that I don't know if this was a rumor, urban legend, or if it came out of Nikita's mouth. But the only thing I can remember from when Scav Karma came into the game, where they talked about the whole goddamn reason you grinded Scav Karma, which was to get max level fence, was that he was going to sell uninsured player gear. I've never once seen anything on there and they've buffed it three two or three times since then and so it's like it was never that's the problem is that it was never actually clearly stated what the intention of this max level scav karma tier is is are they just taking what's sold to him pulling the best stuff and putting it on that max level is it generating loot is it supposed to be taking player loot like it because you'd, you'd end up with like sr25s and rsas all the shit i get back at insurance well see that's the thing they can't because you get it back in insurance. Like, so they're not duping the items. They, they haven't built it yet, dude. They, there's no way that that's they've implemented that. That's what I'm saying. That. They just haven't done it. There's like, but that's the thing is that it's not even, they're not even taking the best stuff because there's like gazelles on level one fence. <laughs> like, what? It's just, what was that? But, but when you clicked on level one, did it refresh? Like, so who knows if you real. would just hit refresh on the other level. I just refreshed them both. Gazelle. I think chat just bought half of the things that were on max level fence because now there's only six items on max level fence. I just refreshed it. But on lower level fence, there's like a bunch of stuff. I don't know.
So there, so they are two separate categories. It seems that way. Well, I mean, but also like think about it. Whatever, like think about like what which things are valuable and how much you pay for stuff. They probably just have like a hard coded ruble threshold, and it's like, uh, you know, a yeah. shitty gazelle. I've also has, like, never no value. I've also never understood why fence sells items for more. Like this SA58 that's 53 durability, that stock with no attachments on it is 102,000 rubles from Fence. Like why? You know why? It's because what I said earlier, they only want to prevent people from doing things they don't want them to do. Yeah. They don't want people buying. Like they don't want people getting good shit on Fence. So make it really expensive. Yeah. It just... It's like so then no one uses it. Yeah, it's just like a completely useless trader to sell to or to buy to. Adam just threw an idea in chat, interesting idea. It kind of conflicts with some of our other ideas, but it was like, what if at max level fence, he paid 80 to 90% of the value the traders paid, but he bought everything. So what if you could just depot everything to him? You didn't have to be like therapist, these things, mechanic, these things, skier, these things. It was like he paid 90% of that value and you could just sell it all to fence. You know what I mean? Like that would be value defense. Like, but there's just no value. He has, he has absolutely no value. Yeah. And once again, though, like I, there, it, there are a lot of valuable things to scav karma outside of the max level, which is good. But it's like that was, do you remember the mystery of like what's gonna be at max level like it was such a cool it was so cool to like have a max level to him and be like dude what is what is it gonna be it is nothing it is garbage it is worse garbage than the garbage that's on level one so that i just like i can't like it's just not built they're buffing something that doesn't exist like and i don't get it but the other changes are good. Uh, it's it's going to be easier to get Max Karma next wipe. When me and um, Velian did, so on a, on brand new wipe day, you get 0.25 Karma for taking a car. Mm -hmm. And then it's less each time. What They made this change and then me and Velian did Iron Man. We took a, we took a few cars because we were bringing cash because we didn't have any other use for cash. Um, and our first customs, we got 0.4. So it was a significant buff. So like you're going to be able to get Max Karma like... Uh, this is the highest karma I've ever had, and I do, like, no scab. Yeah, so it's, like, which is good, because then that makes max, like, because that's good, because if you can use max karma and the benefits of max karma to effectively, um, not entice, but entice, I can't, uh, motivate the player to be good as a scav, then allowing more people to have max karma isn't a bad thing, right? Because then you're motivating more players to be good scavs and i like i like in general that way of doing it i like instead of making it where if you accidentally kill a scav you've nuked your entire account you know i like just i like incentive-based model as opposed to like fear of a reward of a you know a penalty because then if i make a mistake i get cucked but if it's an incentive-based well then i'm just in general going to be wanting to be a good scav more and more and more and more but but but, yeah. but it's not taking the choice away from me. You can still gank people if you want to. You know what I mean? If you don't care about the karma, so um, yeah, I think just as meaningful, if not more meaningful, at least for me, would be incentivized the other direction too. Because because I part of the reason why I don't like scav runs 
is because I find I like combat. Yeah. I find the looting like a lot of people just like the zen of like going to woods, oh, yeah. building their shit up and then leaving. It's so fucking boring to me. Yeah. Um it was way more fun when I go in a factory and wipe all the player scabs in there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it would be more exciting now that player scabs have good shit. Yeah. Um I mean, we've talked about know, that before. I completely agree. The old um Skyrim, what was the Dark Brotherhood. The Dark Brotherhood, where like it would be sick if you were like had bad enough karma, and then like a quest pops up, and it's like and, because because then when you have situations like I had the other day where I saw the tweet about the scav stuff, and I'm like, I was editing my chat GPT thing. I'm like waiting for my video to render. I'm like, I'll do a scav run. I spawn in with a fucking PPSH on factory with a scav labs key card, and I'm like, baller. I'm gonna loot one box, loot another ba- a jacket, and get the fuck out, and then. All of a sudden, brrr, I get fucking laid out and I'm limping and no painkillers from Tagilla. I, yeah. I just was walking and he just fucking sprint and my karma's like five or something. Yeah. Like, well, like, why? So, and then he chased me down and I'm like, open the door to gate three, close the door. I'm going to the second door. He opens it up. I just go prone, leg met him and he dies. And then another scav comes in and I'm like, well, I now I killed him. I'm going to double triple down. Yeah. So then I kill the other scav. And it's like, I guess I'm going to get a Labs keycard and a Tagilla kit for minus 0.3. Yep. You know, it's like fucking depressing. But why? I like, yeah. I spawn in and I'm getting shot at yeah. and I have good karma. I think, yeah, the bosses are uh, bosses are nice to you at 6.0 karma. I think it legitimately should be like 2.0. I think, I think it should be very easy to get to where they're nice to you. Uh, and then it, that you used to be able to... Um, uh, have, have them, them follow, follow you. you. That should be at six karma. That you can't even. I have eight karma, and you can't get it, bro. But I did. What they need, just don't ads. Yeah. Within five degrees of their line of sight. Yeah. Otherwise, they'll aggro you. Yeah. Bro, at I zero karma. I spawned in. I scabbed in, dude, on streets, and I was I was hanging out with Killa in Sparja, and this player scab rolled up, and I was like, bro, I was like, yo, come here. There's so much PMC loot. And he rounds the corner, and he doesn't have max karma, and Killa lays him out. So I just looted him. It was epic. And then, and then as I was leaving, um, a, an SV98 PMC hits me in the stomach, dude. Blacks out my stomach. I got a heavy bleed in my thorax. I run back into Sparja with Killa, and I'm voiping, and I'm talking trash, bro. I'm like, dude, you won't push. You won't push. I was like, I got nothing. I got nothing. What do you want, dude? Let's like, I have my knife and I'm, I'm just swiping my knife and I'm just taunting this PMC. So he pushes into Sparja, dude. And I'm laying prone underneath Killa. I'm, I'm looking between his legs and I'm like, you won't push. You won't push. Dude rounds the corner. And I just loot him up. It's so epic. When you, when you freaking get to hang out with them, it's so epic. But I, I completely agree. You probably get to see how fucking how brain dead they are. That's oh. the thing is we don't even get to see how bad they are because they insta kill you he, as a player and as a he fucking randomly scab. reloaded his RPK Veritas. His reload was fast forwarded eight times. He was like, "What up?" Just in front of me. And I was like, what? And then he doesn't have space for the drum mag. So the drum mag's sitting on the ground. I just picked it up. 
But it was like... Does he like infinitely spawn drum mags at that point? No, he or? had a 60 in the gun at that point. Because it was, it was after I baited the PMC. So he shot. And I guess like eight minutes later, he reloaded. And he reloaded at like eight times the speed. I was like, what is this absolute bullcrap? So like now, even if he does reload, he reloads so fast that it's like he doesn't reload. Dude, I was like, what? Yeah, I get what you mean, though. Uh, I, and we've talked before, and I agree that it would be kind of fun to have something at the other end of the spectrum as, like, negative karma rewards. Um, dude, my my actual favorite way to play the video game right now is scabbing streets and just W-keying PMCs. Uh, because it's just, like, I care the least amount when all of the stuff happens. If I died with Cheater, yeah, yeah. if I died a desync. And it's oftentimes mo the most fun PvP because it puts me in a situation where I know I have a disadvantage. And when I win, it feels great. And when I lose, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I had the most insane scavery in my life, dude. I rolled up on streets in the Check 15 building and the doors closed, but halfway, like, clipped through the door is a dead bear. I loot him, AK-101, Gazelle, Ulock. I took it all. And then another PMC's inside. And I opened the door. I open the door. I see another body in the hallway, a body in the room across. I look through the crack in the door and I see two more PMCs. One's got like a fast MT face shield. So there's six dead bodies, full juice. No one's looted. And the PMC is like, yo, 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 yo. Uh, there's a PMC in here. There's a PMC in here. I was like, are you a PMC? He was like, yeah, but there's only one more. He was like, let's push him and I'll, we'll split the loot with you. And I knew from the very second those words left his mouth, he was lying. He wanted me to push out, and then he was going to shoot me in the face. So I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. And this other bad liar. Yeah. This other scav rolls up, and he's given this guy the same story. He's like, there's a bunch of us now. There's a bunch of us. We can, like, like we'll push this guy. And the guy's, like, looting some of these bodies, and he looks up at me, and I just free look like this. <laughs> and But I'm voiping. I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. And he goes... Like, he understands what I'm saying, bro. It was so <laughs> sick. It was so fucking sick. fucking amazing. A third scav rolls up. He starts the story again. As soon as the third scav rolls up, I just start voiping to the scavs. This guy's lying. There's three of us. He can't kill us all. Let's push him. And we all push out in the hallway. The PMC kills one of the scavs. I kill the last PMC. There were no other PMCs in the building. Me and this other guy, the guy that was I was talking to with my freaking <clears throat> gestures, loot up, and uh, I got out of that scav raid 70 kilos worth of Chad loot. It Holy was, fuck. dude, raid bag. I had an SA-58, a Meta HK, like, a Meta M4. Yeah, oh, dude, yes. One of those because yes. you didn't have a stim. Yes. Yep. It was insane it was so perfect and then we were talking after i was like bro i'm so glad you knew what i meant when i was telling you no he was like yeah he sounded sus and i saw you saying that he wasn't i saw you nodding and i was like dude it was just so it was so perfect so that's what scav raids are for me like a lot of people do them to loot and i say if you're new loot make money off of them but it's like all about pvp it's all about pvp it's so much fun that's amazing um <sighs> But yeah, I mean, that's the Tarkov stuff. The only other stuff that's come out has been they've tweeted a few times that they've banned X number of cheaters. Um, all of the blatant obvious cheaters I always check that I've been keeping track of for months and months and months now. They're all like 20 levels higher than when I initially yeah, reported them. I know and some people, Airwing, uh, Airwing um, 
keeps a really keeps a log of everyone who he thinks is sus and he's seen a lot of their names on there but not everyone um i think the day they tweeted that out uh me and me and valian's last word of the day we were on streets and we both died to a guy with the akgl oh i'll add it to that list by the way that's bugged the ak underbarrel grenade launcher the there's only one grenade you can put in it and it says it has an arming distance of 25 to 30 meters but it's not you can i could you could be three feet in front of me and if I could kill you with it. It's not. Um, anyway, so we Aww. die. I end the stream. Whatever. Desmond DMs me like 30 minutes later. And he was like, I don't know if you care. He was like, that dude's absolutely cheating. And I was like, what do you mean? And he sent me the VOD. And I was like, okay, so not to be this guy, but he's he was live and he was streaming to zero viewers. I'm not trying to shame him. It's important. Oh, I think he also... It's important. <clears throat> Watching his footage... If you had a radar on your second monitor and you were actually trying to communicate without words to me that you were cheating, it would be this guy. It was, it was like it was so like this. obvious. Play, playing your game and then like this. And, and, the, and the game movement went from you were looking at the game and you were running to like completely stationary. Look, turn, look, turn a little bit more. Look, turn a little bit more. Click on a laser. Line up the laser. Look again. And then while looking at the other monitor, click your mouse and the grenade would kill somebody. And it's like, brother. And so I watched, I watched the raid where he killed us. And it was, uh, I mean, it was just the literal most obvious thing in the world. When, whenever he was trying to shoot a scav, it would take him 12, you know, shots to kill a scav. He couldn't kill a scav because he wanted to use his GL. But every PMC, <coughs> it was first shot with the grenade. Like, it was so Dude, scuffed, bro. It was so, so scuffed. What I want to know, I, I'd be interested in, in people leaving a comment because I've done a number of things. I've handled, I've had this exact situation at least twice. One was the Tarkov Anatomy thing where, you know, yeah, I actually, he killed a bunch of streamers. People were tweeting about it for a long time. I had him on my stream to basically publicly admit, you know, everything. It wasn't like the typical cheater interview, but it was like, you know, yeah. you have a reputation, even though yeah. you only have average seven viewers, there's seven hate viewers because... yeah of the you know uh all of this cheating shit and then there was another one that i handled differently that i've talked about before that i didn't you know make public and and it was all dealt with separately yeah um i want i want to know like what people think we should do here because the person gets no viewers so do we i don't want to give them attention or notoriety but like if i report them to bs we can't be 100 percent sure they're cheating yeah yeah correct correct um, if I had to, I would, I would bet a thousand dollars. Yeah. But I, but I wouldn't bet like his career or my career. Like yeah. it wouldn't be worth it, but, but I would definitely feel like the odds. Yeah. I would take you know, for 98% odds, I would take a thousand dollar bet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what do they think? Like, what do we do? What do we do? Do we just roll our eyes and let them keep playing? Because even if I, even if they admit to cheating, they're not going to get banned. They're, they're likely to get banned by Twitch. Before they get more banned by likely BSG, before yeah. they get banned by BSG. Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to approach this. Like, what do I do I with know. this information? I was thinking the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> yep. But that's all the Tarkov news. Um, I don't know. There's some other interesting stuff. I saw you put on here like Counter-Strike 2. That's <laughs> yeah, been blown too. up. Um, big, such a fucking joke, dude. I, I, I actually thought it was April Fool's. 
Oh, big joke. Interesting. I, I'm just not a Counter Strike guy, so I have zero opinion on it. So I'm, I'm dude. Like, it's it just, got a super hype. People are excited about it. It's. I uh, here's here's what I would explain it as. To me, it look. If someone said, "Yo, look at this gameplay. Tell me what you think." They showed me Counter Strike Two. First of all. I hate the fact that it says two because it's not a fucking sequel. It's an engine update. Yeah. Like imagine if if when they come out with uh, Unity twenty twenty one, they call it Tarkov two, because it looks it's just Counter Strike and the, the examples that they gave in all of the things it, it looked like worse graphics than I remember. Except the smoke grenades looked bugged to me, and all they talked about is this new volumetric smoke, how unbelievably physics based and realistic it is, and how it's amazing. Okay, imagine, imagine a picture like a swimming pool in, in like cut into like a concrete yeah. ground, right? Oh, but imagine yeah. it's it, like a donut. Did yeah, you see that? Yeah, I saw chance? that thing where it filled the, th- yeah, and the it staircase. Filled, it filled it as if you were to fill it with spray foam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it doesn't go above yeah, 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 yeah. the top. And then another one was in a wall. There was staircase like a, or a, like a ramp, a rectangle built into the wall, and they threw a smoke grenade, and it was like, shh, and it filled the wall, but never came out from the. Now I understand how that can actually potentially change the meta around smokes and the yeah. utility and the strategy. That's game changing, but don't fucking talk about how amazing and volumetric, physics based, and realistic it is. Yeah. dog that ain't how smoke works that's yeah. how spray insulation works it looks like a cotton candy machine it's fucking ridiculous the so there's there's the fact that the smokes might lead to a different meta because you can shoot through them yeah and like if you throw a grenade on the smoke it just makes it basically disappear temporarily so it's like, or okay. something um but the other one is like the whole sub tick rate thing which like honestly for me oh yeah i heard something about I, the tick rate changes but i don't I played CSGO, when I say competitively, I mean, like, I played competitive, like, not like I was on a team, like an esports yeah. team, and I was, you know, like, DMG, LE, like, at my prime, which is, like, above average, but not, like, you know, amazing, um, and, like, I don't know, I just never, tick rate and the net code never crossed my mind. Yeah. It was, it, it so, I feel like it's one of those things that only really the top, like, three percent of players are going to notice yeah like 99 percent of of cs players aren't now i could be wrong rate i don't know i could be wrong i'd have to play it to see yeah i'm glad they did it it's fucking good that they did it it's just like don't call it cs like basically what you're saying if they had marketed like the biggest update to cs in a while like we're excited to announce the biggest update to cs in a while they would have been like oh cool like better graphics new engine (laughs) some small changes awesome but like the fact people that they're were like, like dog are you excited for counter-strike 2 i was like oh, counter-strike 2 and i pull up the thing and it's counter it's csgo with different smokes and like and better graphics. better better net code no not even better graphics they look like the same graphics it, like they updated a few of the maps it might like look a little yeah. bit better but overall it was like i was like waiting for the april fools like i genuinely was like is this a joke yeah if they had just said update to counter-strike it would have been like sick yeah. Totally cool. Call it CS2. It's yeah. kind of like Overwatch 2. Or yeah. Like, I did the same thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. But then Overwatch, Overwatch everybody was, was infinitely like, more it's just changes. Overwatch. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well. 
I yeah. can't wait for Tarkov 2, though. I'm looking forward Tarkov to it. Tarkov 2, the end of 2021. Yeah, yeah. The other, the other gaming thing, did you see anything about the Fortnite Creative 2.0? Uh, yep, I've been looking to see. I have some ideas about I might... It's I was really so disappointed cool, because I finally bought a brand new MacBook. Nice. Spent the fucking 35 hundo, and it's like, you know, it's got... The 32 gigs of RAM, yeah. and you know, it's it's actually like, and like a large hard drive, and like, I I can actually use it for yeah. like video editing and other kind. And now I'm like 3D modeling and stuff. I'm like, yo, apparently you can't. I don't think you can do creative. It's not supported on Mac. So I'm really disappointed. Yeah. Um, because once I'm done streaming, I want to go upstairs, sit in bed, yeah. you know, and like I, I'm, I'll be in bed writing scripts or playing chess or whatever for like six hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, after a 14-hour stream, like I'm, you know, because it's like finally I get to like decompress. I don't want to end my 10-hour stream and then like sit at continue that to computer. sit here. Um, so it's really fucking disappointing. But overall, the technology, it, it just I'm. Bro fucking excited and i feel Every, like there's gonna be a lot of cool shit yeah everybody was like ew fortnite i was like you're not comprehending what is happening here this is like ew, fortnite. this is so cool like some of the best things that have happened in video games over the past few decades have happened as a result of modding communities and games like some of the biggest W's in gaming have happened. Some 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 of some actual games and genres. DayZ was a was an Arma mod. Like the modding community has uh, basically limitless potential. And Unreal Engine basically said like the the Epic and Unreal basically said here's a user-friendly access not not that i mean anybody can download unreal but like it just the, the way they are they're doing it by providing in one of the most popular video games of all time access to like an almost unprecedented amount of tools in the game in the experience from the engine to do this stuff i mean in 24 hours we saw we saw games <clears throat> that you'd never you would have never said was a fortnite game like i saw dragons and like really uh realistic looking like foliage and grass and environments uh, somebody made Factory already, <laughs> like the Tarkov map Factory in Creative. Yeah, I know Ultimate. I know Ultimate's been working on that. Like, it's uh, like it's dude, so they... objectively awesome. Like, here's the thing: I feel like they actually kind of dropped the ball on the marketing of that. They shouldn't have named it or branded it Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know. It, because like it has a huge audience and all that stuff, but at the same time, it also has a huge stigma yeah. that like people don't take seriously. That if they had just been like, "Here's the new creative mode you can do," we bootstrapped every project with like the default Fortnite character and all this yeah. other stuff. But you can do whatever. Four blocks. <laughs> it, yeah, it would have been. It, I feel like it would have been. Yeah, probably a little bit better from the marketing side of things. But they probably, honest. I mean, they probably just had like a fucking deal. With the Fortnite folks as like a cross, I mean, you know, Epic of, Games makes Fortnite <clears throat> and Unreal Engine. Oh yeah, I, I mean, true. Like, yeah, it's not a cross marketing thing. It's just, they're just marketing their own shit. Yeah, which 100%. is like, I mean, fuck. Every one of my videos is marketing another one of my videos and yeah. my music and shit. So I get it. So, <laughs> but I am like very excited about that and about what people are going to be able to come up with and just like that powerful of an engine and that much access. In a community, a gaming community that notoriously 
modding communities and games, oftentimes they've revived dead games from the dead. They've spawned entire genres of games. They've made games playable. They're like the backbone of some games. Like you were saying, Kerbal was like a game where like the modding community went crazy. Like I am very like I'm super excited for. Yeah, I might actually fucking dip my toes in and make something, even if it's like a simple proof of concept. You're like like the witness esque thing but like yeah. there's only three puzzles yeah you know like a ultimate said it's it, like uh the fortnite creative 2 is better than most people think you can create your own textures particle generators scripts literally everything it's unreal engine with the fortnite framework like that's yeah. so sick dude i really i really believe that there will be like an extraction shooter that's probably arguably more fun to play in Fortnite in six months or less. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, just as long as they a don't have, like, made. Dan dancing emotes, yeah. you know, and that it doesn't look That cartoony. was my thing, was, like, if they if they could, like, restrict skins to either only skins or only skins that, like, the modders made, that would be, like, a huge thing. So it's not, like, Fishman or Rick and Morty running around and... But, like... That's my favorite website, Only Skins. Only Skins, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. dude, I... I think it's dope. I was like really, really, really just like excited to see what creativity comes out of that. Imagine getting head iced and then getting the Carlton. <laughs> oh god. In in a Tarkov game. Oh, uh, but anyways, that yeah, that was super sick. Um But yeah. That's really it. That's all the gaming news. Um Can't think of anything else. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna go I'm gonna play Diablo. Gonna go play Diablo, dude. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go lie down. <laughs> uh I went because we were doing the Iron Man challenge this week, I just went so hard this week. I did day stream Wednesday, day stream Thursday, night stream Thursday, because we didn't do podcasts, and then Iron Man on Friday, and then night stream on Friday, and then my wife was out of town today, so I had to wake up at six and I was with the kids, literally my two sons alone all day. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. So get some get some rest, man. Um, but yeah. So uh thank you guys for hanging with us. Thank you for holding strong through the the curse like, that is Veritas. Dude, hindsight twenty twenty, we've always joked about how we overcomplicate it by you streaming it and me recording it. It's actually kind of a dope redundancy where like if I have we troubles, can just keep going. I can just download your VOD. And if you yeah. have troubles, I've got the high like the high res recording. So it's actually kind of nice. Um, yep. but yeah, thank you again. Huge. Thank you to, um, Manscaped and factor for sponsoring this episode. Uh, that's been like huge. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for making this possible and allowing us to be in a position where we can get these awesome sponsors. So thank you. It's and Saturday. support us guys by supporting the sponsors too. So. Yeah. Seriously though. Uh, we don't just like, you know, we're not out here taking the raid shadow legends. Like we like taking sponsors, especially on the podcast. Unless you want to pay us like, yeah, you know, you know, tons of you know. Money. <laughs> But especially since the podcast, you guys made the podcast something we couldn't have ever realized it would be. Uh, we're in a position where we can take sponsorships and stuff like Manscaped, man. Like I've wanted to be sponsored by them for so long because like, look at us. You know what I mean? I've used factor. These are things that we've used that make sense. So support us by supporting them. Um, the links will be down in the description. Again, thank you to Manscaped Factor. Thank you to you guys. This will be up on Monday, ready to roll. And we will definitely see you all on the next one. Peace.